0: Hey, welcome to this week's episode of All The Way Down. This is episode 17. I'm Invictus Knox. We have Mr...
1: Dash Retro.
0: We got Dash Retro here. How y'all doing?
1: Mr. Um, Final Fantasy, they call me. Dash Mr. Final Fantasy Retro. Mr., huh? <laughs>
0: no, we're not <laughs> talking well, some about the Mr. Misses, Project. You know. Okay, yeah. So we're just going... Gotcha. All right. So, uh... Are you a guru with Final Fantasy. I I'm, I was not aware.
1: Uh, I have played a lot of Final Fantasy. So, well, it, it was a thing. It was kind of a Twitch thing at first. Cause so growing up, I played Final Fantasy Seven. That was my game. That was my jam. Me played too. tons of seven. Also liked Tactics a lot uh, growing up. So that was also on PS One. What about you though? You said you also played a lot of seven.
0: I played a lot of 7, uh, so I have a weird intro to Final Fantasy. My first, because I grew up poor, my, my only games were demo discs, basically, and I got this game called Final Fantasy, and then whatever the fuck that Roman numeral was, and uh, it was the opening mission that you get after you get out of the Seed Academy of Final Fantasy 8, where it's this beautiful, like... Almost D-Day esque storming of a beachhead on this really cool like hydrofoil futuristic boat. Um, it's a uh, I'm gonna damn it. It's Squall, uh, 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 Zell, and 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 uh, Renoa. And then that one cipher, the guy with a fucking skull—not skull, not, skull, not uh-huh. scar. Yeah, okay. So you're you're with him. He's doing the same thing uh, that you get basically with with Auron in Final Fantasy X. Same character. Um, and then for some reason, at that early on in the game, Renoa has a summon called Leviathan, and Leviathan mm-hmm. is this. F- f- I. I went from a Sega Genesis to a PS1. I saw this on a demo disc, and I said, oh my god, I need Final Fantasy. Because Leviathan comes out, just this beautiful like sky blue, just ocean waves are going everywhere. It creates this giant rock waterfall, and water just goes all the way across the battlefield damaging all in its wake it's like a tsunami attack and i was like oh my god imagine if like the surf move in pokemon looked like that because in yellow version that's basically what the attack was except this had a giant fucking dragon in it it was pretty as fuck it was shiny i was like i need final fantasy so i go to the store and i go i want final fantasy roman numeral I didn't say that, but you know, I'm looking for no. Final Fantasy game and then the, the GameStop employee goes, "Oh, this is what you need right here. This is great." I go, "Oh, this is the Final Fantasy game?" I was like, "Yeah, it, this is what you need." It's Final Fantasy 7. So, I bought Final Fantasy 7 unknowingly. So, I may have been the only person to do that that I know because everyone else, you know, Final Fantasy 7 is like the most popular one ever basically and everyone knows that game. So, I get through it, I'm immediately disappointed by the graphics, but you know, I'll get into that later. This is my experience. I beat Final Fantasy 7, I play no other Final Fantasy later until 10, and I think I didn't beat it. I think I got so close to beating it, but I didn't have the interest in beating it. And then I think, except for Tactics on PS1, uh, which I did play and I wanted to love, but I, I end up, I, I was bad at it. Aside from that... And eventually, Final Fantasy 1 and 2, five minutes of each for Game Boy Advance, Dawn of Souls. Um, that is my Final Fantasy experience of my entire life pre-streaming. So.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Right, so for me, growing up, um, I, I feel like... I don't even know if I heard of the games before 7. I'm not even sure... But uh, at some point when we had a PS1, my brother heard of the game somehow. I don't know where he heard it from or something, but uh, he asked for it as a gift, you know, for like, for Christmas or something, right? Uh, And he got it. So thanks to my brother, you know, knowing about this game and asking for it and then our parents getting it for us, boom, I had Final Fantasy VII uh, for PS1. And the funny thing was, uh, I believe this was before I had a memory card, though. Oh, no. Um, Because, you know, we played, like, Crash Bandicoot and stuff, and games were like, it didn't really matter that you started a new game every time. But, yeah, I I remember starting a new game in Final Fantasy VII, like, every day. And playing, you know, meeting Jeez. Eris and and doing all that. Uh, but I loved it. You know, it's funny how how kids are, because you know, I just like nothing was really wrong to me. I just about that experience. I just loved it. You know, see, that would um, bother
0: me immensely. For some, okay, <laughs> maybe it's just the little kid in me who uh, who only had demo discs and you know, not the ability to actually play any game to completion. Hearing you say, "Well, I had the whole game, but I didn't fucking
1: play that. I didn't want to. I just kept starting it over and over again." <laughs> Me as a well, kid would have been like, "Ah!" <laughs> if you're a demo guy, then you at least understand the idea of playing this just one little section exactly. of the game it's over the same and over. Thing. It's mm-hmm. just, I guess,
0: maybe it's just the fact that you choose that. Well, you, I don't know if you chose to not have a memory card. You know, when you're
1: a kid, you get right, what you get. Right. Yeah, So then I got a memory card at some point, you know, mm-hmm. and I and I played through uh, Final Fantasy 7, and it was great. Uh, and we had Tactics at some point also, which was pretty hard for me. I think when I was a kid, I never actually beat it, uh, but my brother beat it. Um, and I, I remember, like, uh, that, that game's soundtrack is, like, really special to me because my brother got, like, into Tactics where, I mean, there were just hours and hours and days and weeks of me sitting on the couch in our basement playing like Game Boy or something while my brother was next to me playing Tactics. So I just heard that soundtrack just so much, you know, of him just always playing hours and hours of Tactics next to me. Um, So yeah, so that soundtrack kind of takes me back, you know. Uh, But yeah, that was it. Uh, At some point, I think I did borrow uh, that... You mentioned Dawn of Souls, it was called, I think, for Game Boy Advance. I did play through Final Fantasy I on that at some point. Probably when I was like 12 or 13, uh, I think. And that was it, right? That was my whole Final Fantasy experience. Um, But I always heard... That like the old ones were good, you know. Well, see, that's, uh,
0: how how far did you? You said you beat one in Dawn of Souls. Yeah, I think at the time it was, I would, just must have been a graphic snob or something because I could not get through it. But it was also the fact that it's such early Final Fantasy mechanics, and I was never prepared for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I love that shit, and we will get into that because so that was that was Final Fantasy to me for the longest time. Um, and, you know, I saw a couple others, like I saw bits and pieces of 10, but I always kind of saw 10 in the, in the, um, uh, context of like people hate it or people love it. Right. Um, and then like 13 came out at some point and was a joke. And then like, uh, and then, so it was after that though. That it was like, alright, you know what, I've heard that the old ones are good, I like retro games, I like art JRPGs, right? There's no way that I won't have a great time if I play through these. And so I said, I'm going to play through the first six Final Fantasy games, and we're doing the original versions, right? Famicom, or, uh, I'll play the first one on NES, it's two and three on Famicom, but with fan translations, right? four and six were on super nintendo and then five super famicom with the fan translation Mm. and i I, and i set out to do it and i did it and it was great uh did you find uh
0: Mm -hmm. final fantasy one and two did you (laughs) maybe it's just the fact that i played them on the game boy with you know original game boy no backlight game boy advance the first one did you find on Super Famicom or you know NES, whatever you did, 1 and 2, more play the, playable? Like, were they easier to get through as not a handheld version?
1: Probably not. I mean, I, really? I played the Game Boy Advance one when I was, you know, like 12. Uh, so I, I don't know how well I can compare them. I definitely remember the graphics being better on Game Boy Advance. And you could probably save anywhere on the world map, huh. which... You know, might have on Game Boy Advance. That is, you know, quality of life you probably sa- Yeah, you could probably save anywhere, which makes like a huge difference, right? Um, so, sure. yeah, I mean, I'll, like here, here's kind of the thing about this podcast so far is that I feel like I feel like today I'm going in and I want to say, hey, you know what? I've been playing lately Final Fantasy X, too, and I want to talk about it. However, there's like three years of history that I got to tell you guys about that leads up to this.
0: It, we, we need uh, context,
1: so go ahead. Right. So, yeah. So I played Final Fantasy I on NES. Let's talk about it briefly. That game is archaic, uh, but it's awesome. So the the big thing about Final Fantasy I is that the very first thing that you do is you choose the your party members. You choose what job everyone is going to be, and you give them names, uh, which immediately says, this game has replay value, oh, because yeah. you can you can do, like, I'm gonna do a all-thieves run, I'm gonna do a all- you know, or, or like an all-mages run or that kind yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I went with a pretty balanced party, you know? I had a warrior, a fighter, a white mage, and a black mage. And, uh... So I love that about it because I love job systems, right? And so giving you the job system uh, it's not the kind of job system where you can swap jobs or anything like that. You just pick them at the start, right? And the thing about the game is it is archaic and kind of slow because when you get into a fight, uh, it it takes forever to tell you what happens, you know? It'll say... it, It has to, like... The NES, the, the game looks really good for an NES game, but at the cost of, like, it taking time to draw everything, you know? Like, when you get into a battle, the enemies are in, like, a window, and your party is in a window... And then there are several windows on the bottom yeah. that tell you the status of everybody. Or, or on the right is the status. But on the bottom, there are several windows that tell you the status of the battle. So, like, there's a window that tells you what the names of the enemies are. But when you attack someone, it, like, draws a window that types out, they attack. <laughs> then it draws a window that says, hit twice. Then it draws a window that says, you did 20 damage. Then it draws a window that says "terminated," right? This seems and so like
0: uh, the same thing that uh, Ma- or Might and Magic does on the Sega Genesis, where it's main focused. I'm, I'm looking at the art now, like a picture of screen or you know gameplay, and it looks like it's definitely focused on the sprite work more than anything else visually, because yeah. like environments are just a repeated tile. And there's not much put into them, and it's all about the amount of sprites on the screen that can be rendered, I guess, and then what all it's doing. But the whole pop-up phenomenon seems like it's part of that, you know, like it's coming out of the age of old-school PC RPGs. It seems like.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and the biggest thing about it is just that it takes time for the NES to draw those windows, you know, That's every impressive. single turn. Uh, it looks good, but it slows the battles way down. So I think a lot of people might pick up this game and be instantly frustrated by how long it takes to get through a battle just because of how long it takes to give you the information. It's just weird because um, like,
0: it's not drawing a whole lot on the screen as far as I can see. It, like it, wh- Why do you think it has to take so long to draw a window?
1: I'm talking about every time that a, a, a turn happens yeah. on the bottom of the screen it kind of writes them all out uh one at a time you're talking about like like the actual text of it damage okay yeah yeah um so but the thing is i love the battle system because it is one of those battle systems where your party's on one side they look okay then the enemies are on the other side they look fucking awesome like as far as sprite work goes they look incredible uh and then it has you choose everybody's action before anything happens, right? It has you one by one, you choose what every single party member is going to do and who they're going to target, and then everything plays out, right? First, an enemy goes because they're the fastest, then this character goes, then that guy goes, then that guy goes, this guy dies, you know, and it all goes until everybody's had their turn. And then you repeat, then you know, you choose everybody's actions again. And I really, really like that system because it's super tactical. I feel like, um, just like planning out the best moves and thinking ahead things like, well, nobody's dead or nobody's really hurt right now, but there's a lot of enemies, and my white mage is slow. So if I just cast a healing spell with the white mage, even though everyone's at full health, it's probably not going to go off until the later part of the round because she's slow and people will probably be damaged and get healed by it, you know? And you have to Mm -hmm. make decisions like that, which I love. Uh, So I just loved the battle system. One other quirk about it that I think might frustrate a lot of people is that in a lot of RPGs, you can just mash A to just say, attack, 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 attack. Okay, they're all going to attack, right? Except in Final Fantasy 1, it queues up everybody's attacks on that first guy. And normally in other games, once that guy's dead, they'll start attacking the next guy, you know? But not this game. If the first guy hits and kills the enemy, the rest of the three people will swing at the empty space and miss. Oh, so, so they don't even auto-target another enemy. Right. So you have to like actually plan your attacks out like, okay, so these guys are my hard hitters and, but then there's the mages and I'm not going to waste their MP. They're just going to attack. Right. So I need to distribute my attacks where it's like, okay, I'll, I'll team the warrior up with the black mage, and they'll both attack this guy. And then the fighter and the white mage will both attack this guy. So it evenly spreads the damage and we don't get that problem, you know, and like, you got to make decisions like that. Right uh and so it it really especially feels like th- this this kind of sounds weird but like it it almost makes the repetition of the battles better because you start to figure out how to most efficiently deal with certain oh, okay. layouts of enemies you know yeah. cuz yeah you might get like oh here's the battle again that's like this guy and three wolves you know but now you know from doing that battle already a couple times like well this guy's got about this much health so he can take about this many hits from this character and so we're only going to queue up that many you know and so th- you start to get better at it uh, i feel like i I'm love all that
0: seeing a game that just fills the world with uh with with quote unquote video game boomers where people get used to doing all the motions to plan this shit out to where then, like, Final Fantasy IV comes out, and th-
1: these people are already like, this is bullshit. <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah. You yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. kids.
1: Like, we'll get to this a little bit more in a minute, but I mean, let's say up front that my biggest complaint about Final Fantasy VII, which is the one I'm super nostalgic for and grew up with and I absolutely love, but my biggest complaint is that you can just hold circle to beat all the battles, you know? Like, like, not literally all of them, but, like, so much of that game is way too easy, and you can just hold down the circle button to automatically select attack really fast, and you just attack everything and win. Because, um, you know, looking at these old games, it's like you had to put so much thought into every action yeah. uh, and into every I, it, random battle and stuff.
0: It's like a cool... I don't want to go too far off on this tangent, but it's like a cool thing that you notice where the older and more technologically limited a game is the more there's just this overhead narrative that they feed you and they expect you to pay attention to because nothing else is going to give you those clues unless you just keep reading and keep the context of the situation um like you talking about all this is probably why i got in one battle and then quit final fantasy 1 after i was mm-hmm. so used to 7 and actually i wanted to play 8 but yeah it's mechanics wise man
1: yeah so uh but let's get into exploration right so it's also got a big open world that you uh that you walk around in and now you say the world is open. well yeah it is so you get in you get into this open world and you're supposed to you know, figure out what to do. So biggest thing in JRPGs is there's little towns that you go into and you got to talk to all the people. And I have pages and pages of notes where I wrote down every single thing that every single NPC said, you know, and it comes in handy because then, uh, well, let's let's get into that in a minute. Firstly, um, you get into a couple more weird archaic mechanics. Like in this game, the only way to save the game is to sleep at an inn. It's not like more modern RPGs where there's save points and And then also, uh, yeah, and then also you can save anywhere on the world map. This game is only the inns, so Mm. you got to go back to town to save your game. And then there's little things like when you go into shops, you can only buy items one at a time for no reason. So, like, yeah, so like if you want (laughs) to buy like a lot of potions, you have to just sit there and mash A for like, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, so that's a little shitty, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, stuff like you know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think that the inn even heals you. I think it's just to, to oh save. god, you don't even arrest. I think that there is a separate facility for healing and reviving, uh, and all that. So, so yeah, it's got some old school stuff like that in it. But here's the best part of exploration, right? Here's where we get into the real. Meat and potatoes of what makes the first three Final Fantasies specifically so good is that so you go out into the world, you're fighting dudes as you as you traverse, you know, the plains and the forests and maybe you go sailing once you get a boat and all that. But at some point you find a dungeon and there's a boss at the end of the dungeon. Right. And this is your thing right now. You are supposed to go through this dungeon and beat the boss at the end of it to progress the plot. Right. This is the best shit ever because, like I said, there's no save points mid-battle, which means that there's also... or Sorry, mid-dungeon because they're only at inns. That also means that there's no tents. Uh, Well, there are tents, but you can only use them on the world map, not in the dungeons because there's not a save point to use them at.
0: That's what I was going to say, but tents don't count as save points in this game,
1: right? Right. Just for healing. Okay. Yeah, they just heal you. I think... You know, I'm not 100% on that detail, now that you ask it. You might be able to save if you use a tent on the world map. I don't quite remember. But point is, is you can't use it mid-dungeon at those save points that they added mid-dungeon in later games and in every RPG since. Uh, So what that creates is this uh, dungeon-crawling experience where first you go into the dungeon... And you kind of get your ass kicked at first because all the enemies are new and, you know, you don't know how to deal with all the battles at first there's uh, traps in the dungeons, you know, there's like floors that hurt you and that kind of thing that maybe you need to deal with sometimes and those kinds of hazards. And then also, you got to be really thorough. Like, you're searching every nook and cranny to find every chest that you can, entering every single room, so you're getting into a lot of encounters because you're looking around a lot. So at some point, you have to make the decision like, once you get to, you know, a little bit over maybe half or maybe a little bit under half your MP, you got to leave because you can't, you, you won't be able to, you won't be able to get back out of the dungeon alive if you, you go track any deeper. Your, plan you know, your
0: steps too.
1: Yeah. So, so it's like you, you can get just this deep in and then you have to leave uh, and go rest up and probably save your game just to be sure. Right. But then. The next time you go in, you're a little bit stronger because you've leveled up a little bit. You're a little bit more familiar with the with the battles. You know, it sounds like... Okay, what I'm getting at is, originally, it sounds like, well, leveling up is the only thing that gets you stronger. So you're just beating your head against the wall until it eventually falls down, right? Like, you're just going a little bit further into the dungeon each time as you level up. Nah! It happens way faster than that because... You leveled up a little bit, but also you got that knowledge about the encounters that I was talking about earlier. Also, you've already looked in a whole bunch of the rooms, you've already grabbed a bunch of the chests, so you don't have to thoroughly explore all of the dungeon anymore. You can just beeline straight to where you left off. And so that lets you get a lot further into the dungeon on your second try, you know? Yeah. And that exact like gameplay loop I just love, you know, getting a little bit further and then, and then, oh shit, we need to hold off. You know, we need to go back, heal up, save, go back in and get a little bit further, you know, Mm -hmm. especially, especially because once you get to where you think it's the end, you know, at some point you're like, I think the boss is behind that door because it looks real fancy. Then you ha- you get that, like, final risk-reward of, like, do we pull out and save one more time or do we think we can do it right now? And I just love that shit, you know? Uh, and I think that that experience has been ruined by <laughs> the introduction of mid-dungeon save points that not only let you save... To 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 break all the tension, but also they let you, you know, most of the time at save points, you can use like a tent or something. So now you're fully healed and saved in the middle of the dungeon. You know, I think it ruins that tension. Uh, but, so that's Final Fantasy 1. Uh, the other thing, you get into the, I was talking about exploration earlier. Writing everything down, right? So the dungeons are like the big progress points, right? But then also you need to know where they are and what you can do in the world. So a lot of the game is getting to each different town and talking to all the town's folks. And if you can remember what everyone says or you wrote it down like I did, everything, like, comes together, you know? People are people are saying, to you, oh, the prince is sleeping, but if only he had an elf herb, you know? And then you're like, all right, and you write that down, and then someone else says something about pirate ships or something, and you write that down, right? But then later when that prince is sleeping you're like, oh shit, I know what he needs you know, I, oh that Elferb, oh the one that I got in the dungeon, boom, you know, and like that kind of stuff, and when you make all the connections and get the progress through the story it's just a fucking video game man, I love it You are so. the
0: complete opposite person of me in this regard <laughs> I don't see how anyone has like, I so I, I brought up Might and Magic earlier <clears throat> I played that first as to... Because it was the first game I physically got when I was recollecting Sega Genesis. Um, And I was testing out my first Sega Genesis that I kind of bought broken and fixed up. And then I tested the game. And then I played it for like... I want to say, 10 minutes before I died and said, okay, this is terrible. But only because it is so in-depth with all the things that it makes you keep track of, like what you're talking about. And then I saw our mutual friend Camel play Might and Magic as well, and I saw him writing down his path on graphing paper. And I was like, oh my god, I will never have the patience to care this much about a game to where it's going to make me pull out the school
1: supplies. Mm Mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't draw any maps in Final Fantasy, I don't think. Take, keeping oh, a, keeping a journal a that is
0: keeping a journal that is not an in-game function journal that just kind of <laughs> autofills
1: is, is way beyond me too. Oh uh, yeah. See that that is my favorite shit, like like Metroid for NES I had to draw a map for, you oh. know, and Castlevania two. Um oh, or I didn't like, what was the other big one? 2. Oh, it helped a lot, I thought. Um, Hmm. but yeah, Metroid was, was like the biggest one, uh, or like Zelda two, you know, or Zelda one. Actually, I drew maps of, of all the shit. That's crazy. Um, I just keep it all in my memory. You, well, you know, I've, I've, I, I, I just like drawing it. A lot of it is part of it. Uh, but also I, I don't know. I don't trust my memory that much. Cause like, it's a little bit of a tangent, but like with, with Metroid, Growing up, I never could get into NES Metroid, even though that Metroid overall was one of my favorite series. I could never get into the first one, you know, and it was because I was just lost all the time. And by the time you find the missiles, you're like, oh, my God, there's like a hundred places that I saw that I needed missiles. I don't know where to start. This is exactly just...
0: why I didn't get through Metroid to Return of Samus on Game Boy. There was no map function at all. So I never knew where the fuck to go.
1: Right. So if you just draw a map, though, by the time you get those missiles, you realize oh, there's only two places to go, actually. And they're exactly here and here. Let's go. You know? Boom! Completely different experience. Uh, It turns out that the hundred places to go was you finding the same two things over and over again, alternating by accident. Because you didn't draw a fucking map! Uh, So, yeah. There you go. (laughs) So anyway... Yeah, love love that old shit. So then, Final Fantasy II comes out. Uh, that one was um a little rougher, but I I still really really enjoyed it. Uh, the really cool thing, cool things. Okay, so the big thing about Final Fantasy II that everyone kind of knows about, I think already, is that that game ditched the traditional level up system in favor of like a you use it, you level it up kind of system. Uh... So like if you equip a character with swords, they get better with just swords. Same with other weapon types. Also, though, things like if you your character's HP, their max HP goes up by getting hit, you know? And stuff like that. Oh. Uh <laughs> I don't and like that. you know, <laughs> it's uh I overall Kinda liked it, I just had a couple big grievances with it. Overall, I really liked the idea. It forces um, your
0: healer to be weak, though. It forces your magic users to have to be magic users.
1: You're mm, dedicating, aren't you? Sort of. Uh, in spirit, kind of. <laughs> okay, so... Here's what my experience turned out to be with it. The thing about magic users in like Final Fantasy one is that they really often didn't have very much to do, right? Because you don't want to waste all your magic casts oh, yeah. on regular fights and that kind of thing. So a lot of the time, your black mage is kind of doing nothing. He's just hitting guys for three damage yeah, because like you don't want, yeah, because you don't want to waste the resources. So in Final Fantasy 2, that turns into something that they're actually leveling up, you know? So you don't even really... It, it ends up kind of ditching the idea of a dedicated magic user altogether mm. because everyone is using a lot of physical attacks, at least if you played it the way I did. And so what it kind of ended up happening was even though I was using magic and even though I did kind of focus on magic with specific characters, the whole party by the end of the game, they're just all beefcakes. You Mm -hmm. know, everyone's got really good physical attacks. Everyone's got lots of HP. Everyone is super leveled up overall. And so they don't really have very much identity from each other. Uh, At least that was my experience. And so... That was a little weird. Um, the other problem with it was that, so, magic spells individually level up. So, like, in order for your, if you have, like, the uh, the spell that increases the character's physical attack, it doesn't do anything at first. You have to, like, cast it a thousand times for it to actually, like, get good. Oh. And that system, I thought, kind of sucked, because, well, first of all, I just ignored it for most of the game. For pretty much the entire game, I completely ignored those types of spells. And then it turned out that at the... at like This is a little spoilery as far as mechanics go. A tiny bit about Final Fantasy 2. But uh, it turned out that very late in the game, it became very, very important that you use those spells. That you use the buff spells. And so, I got all the way i using my normal battle strategy i got all the way to like literally the very last boss of the game and then at that point i had to quit and do like a few hours of grinding of just grinding up these spells not even the characters i just needed to get these spells leveled up uh and that sucked, right? I'm one, one big thing about RPGs in general is that I'm kind of anti-grind. Very much so. Uh, yeah, and the thing is you don't have to grind in RPGs for the most part. Maybe there's a couple exceptions, especially exceptions at certain times, but for the most part what happens in RPGs is if you don't grind – you maybe get behind level a little bit, maybe, but if that happens, it just means that the battles are a little harder. And so you need to use more tactics to get through them instead of just, you know, tanking it. Uh, And to me, that's more fun. So it's like by not wasting time grinding, I'm being rewarded by a more thoughtful tactical battle system, you know? And then... If you are behind level, then you get more experience from the enemies also, so, like, you don't get too behind level because it's balanced in a way that catches you up to that minimum, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's how I've always seen it, is that, like, you just have more fun uh, if you don't grind. There's been a couple exceptions, though, like at the end of Final Fantasy 2, because of this stupid spell system had to grind those and I didn't like that a lot. But Final Fantasy 2 did have some nice stuff. The story was pretty good. I really liked the characters and they introduced a new system where like you can use items on the field in order to uh in order to like advance the plot in certain ways. So instead of it just being a matter of talking to people and and it'll be like if you talk to, you know, If you talk to the guy who wants the bucket while you have the bucket in your inventory, he'll just be like, is that a bucket? Give it to me, (laughs) you know? Instead of that, in Final Fantasy II, they made it so that you actually have to, like, opt to open a menu and use an item, right, in order to get those things to happen, which was nice because it meant that you had to think about it a little bit more. You didn't accidentally make progress in Final Fantasy II. You always knew what you were doing, you know? Uh, So that I really liked. Overall, though, one of the weaker ones because of some of those things. But uh, overall, you know, I liked it. I liked it. Right. So then we get to three. Three is fucking amazing. It's like the best one. Uh, So three... They brought back the job system. Well, 3, they introduced the job system proper. So instead of Final Fantasy 1, where you chose jobs at the start and you were locked into them, instead of Final Fantasy 2, where everybody's job is ultimate beefcake, Final Fantasy 3 is the game where you unlock jobs as you play it, and you can change your character's jobs whenever you want. And so you can have your guy be a warrior, and then you switch him to a black mage, and he learns some stuff there, and then you switch him to a samurai, and he learns some stuff, you know, and all that. And then here's the big thing. The big thing about job systems, right, is that they are a job. So they have that move set. Then you equip them also with a secondary move set. So if you've been a white mage for a while, you can switch that character to a black mage so they have black magic now because they're a black mage, but you also get to equip white magic on them so they can do both. Or you can do something like have a warrior with white magic or a samurai with black magic and that kind of thing or a samurai with the warrior skills. And this, oh, it's so good because everybody's playthrough is so different you know yeah because everyone latches on to the different jobs and does the combinations differently um and and you change them
0: having final fantasy V being the first finals fantasy i've ever beaten below seven uh recently i can vouch that without this job system i would not have beaten that game because i would have not kept coming back it is very fun to mix and match
1: Yeah, and so 3 is the first one to do that. The other very nice thing about 3 is all of that, like, pretty much all of that jankiness that I was talking about about the first game is fixed in this one. Like, one thing I didn't mention about 1 and, like, the slow battles is that if you used a move that hit all enemies... It had to tell you one at a time. It hit this one for 54. Close all the windows, open them all up. It hit this one for 54. Close them all up, you know, over and over again. And then sometimes you're fighting nine dudes at once, you know. Final Fantasy three is the first one where when you hit a dude, damage numbers just pop off of them, you know, instead of doing the whole song and dance. And when you hit multiple dudes at once, it shows all of their damage numbers at once. So things go super smooth.
0: Um, let me ask this when there were certain final fantasy games that, um, you know, you needed like all materia in final fantasy seven to be able to attack a group of, of enemies. Could you just do that by default in these games?
1: So, in Final Fantasy 1, it was per spell, you know? Like, this spell hits one target. This Hmm. spell hits all targets and that kind of thing. So, there were different spells with different targets. Uh, I want to say... I don't remember about 2. I want to say 3 allowed you to pick. Like, you could either target an enemy... Or you could target all, and if you targeted all, it did like a third of the damage or something yeah. like that. splits That like
0: divides it up, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh so yeah, and that one you could just pick. I big think. Big fan
0: of that tech <laughs> big big fan of being able to just choose all.
1: Yeah. Uh so three overall. I mean, I you know, I I've I've talked a lot about that dungeon crawling experience that I like. So I mean 3 just has it all. It's got the dungeon crawling I love, it's got that world exploration I love and the going through towns and talking to people. Uh what about you the know, story? You get Does the story you
0: your, oh, you, Does the story get you like is does that involve you in the game or is it all just the mechanics and kind of the experience of like walking through and playing like talking to NBC?
1: So the first one was all mechanics. I okay. think the second one introduced like this one's got an actual story uh you know there's a thing where it's like yeah, the at first all four of your guys are there but then one of them gets captured and it's the brother of one of the people in your party and then as you go you get different people kind of cycling in in, in and out of your party in that fourth slot that that guy used to be in uh you know some characters die and all that and you know it's all it's all decent it's nothing like outstanding yeah. i'd say I'd say for NES standards it's outstanding, but uh but like by today's story standards, it's just kinda it's enough to keep you going. Here's one thing, actually, I'm really glad you asked this, because I bitch about story in games a lot. I've noticed. (laughs) A lot of the time I bitch about the story of a game harming the gameplay, you know, because because it's so bad or like it gets in the way and that kind of thing. When it um There are lots of games where, like, to me, it it is gameplay first, and it's only when a story is particularly good or particularly bad that I really talk about it, you know? Um, I'd say the the Final Fantasy 2 and 3 stories are good examples of, like, while you're playing it, you'll be into it, you know? And you're like, all right, this is what's happening. Cool. Whoa, this happened now. All right. Mm. But, like, if I'm going to, you know... I don't really think about it, it, it any further than it that though. Face,
0: It doesn't
1: in your face. Yeah. Right. It doesn't get in the way. Um, it, you know, it's nothing particularly amazing. You don't have uh, to
0: read a novel at the very start of the game. You're just kind of like, all right, I'm a magic user. I'm a fee. If I'm a warrior, et cetera, let's go kill. Right.
1: Shit. And, well yeah, and you're given reason to care, you know, with with starting with the second one, you know, they they do the thing with like with like the family member and stuff and all that where it's like, what? okay, we 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 have a motivation, you know. So you said
0: you said that Final Fantasy 2 is kind of or when you said Final Fantasy 1, you said it's just mechanics. I was asking, is that what kept you coming back for it? There's there is a story in Final Fantasy 1, right? Like yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, the characters talk, you know, you go to this place then you go to that place. I think really though the story it's it's very um it's super simple like like saving the princess kind of simple. I yeah. think it's just that there's there's like four crystals and you are the warriors of light oh and my you got to go dude. light up the four <laughs> crystals to save the world. And like that's the story. Why right? is
0: that the story for the first 5 Final Fantasies though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. That's the
1: thing. So right, so there's the crystals, you got to light them up to save the world and that's it. But along your journey, you're going to meet some fun characters, you know, and there's a lot of world building, right? Oh, we 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 met the pirates and we got their ship, then we went to the dwarf land, you know, and the you know, and they were inside the mountain and that was pretty cool and neat, you know. So like the 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 world is really cool. Um, but the actual plot of what to do is very, you know, we can compare it to dark souls if you want, where like, you know, the thing, the thing that they tell you to do is really simple, but then like everything you do along the way is really great. You just get souls. Uh, well, you know, you see all the cool, uh, world and shit and everything around you like implies this like long going world and story. That's really cool and cooler than the actual plot of what you're doing. Uh, which that is was something, something that I'm into.
0: Okay, that was something that I didn't like about Dark Souls, actually, when I first tried it. I was like, what is all this? Why do I... Ca-? It looks cool. I, I love mm-hmm. running around in it. It's beautiful. It's well done. Um, But it feels like I'm playing an MMO. Why am I here? It's just it's like structured... Like, this building is here just to be a a, a cool-looking building in a video game. It's not like... I. I I have no idea of why I'm in the universe that I'm in, and and why it feels like I am dead in some kind of limbo.
1: Yeah, yeah. The story of that game, as well as like Destiny, I think it was this was something I really liked about Destiny, was that like the plot is very simple and doesn't really get in your way. And instead, as you play the game, you don't really know what's going on at first. But, like, as you play and as you look at all the beautiful artwork and you see all the different enemies and like what they look like in what places and that kind of stuff, you just kind of start to absorb the story. You know what I mean? You're not, you don't read the story. You just kind of soak in it. Mm. And eventually it kind of seeps in, and you're like, you're looking around and you're like, yeah, you know, I think I get it, you know? Well,
0: I tell you what, man, never have I ever uh, fallen into just a nasty ass swamp and then just was sitting there soaking it all in and just meant, man, you know, this is great. <laughs> mm-hmm, That's what mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm playing Dark Souls. I'm like, I. I, it's not that I need games that have like super linear story paths, like uh, Crash Bandicoot. Um, well, not so much a story, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't need to be led along the entire time. I just want an idea of what's going on because I'm the kind of nerd that like I could read 40k and, and Star Wars lore. All day just because it's there in the background for me to read and explore like when i played mass effect i spent like hours just looking at all the journal entries that were unlocked because i like to know what's going on around me i like i like uh seeing tie-ins with real science and stuff with with mass effect with this final fantasy game you're right it is a lot like dark souls well they just, the early ones are where you just kind of like know what to do because the game is built to kind of get you to know what to do in order so you can keep playing but it's not the story that's pulling me through that that experience it's just the okay i guess i do this now
1: totally and yeah yeah like i'm kind of right i'm kind of the opposite of what you're saying like you say we're like i don't want to like well it depends. But, but I yeah, I, I don't really like to be told every detail. I just kind of want to see something happen and just go, huh, weird, you know? And then, like, after I see more things that are cohesive and everything is, is you know, nothing's contradicting, but weird things keep happening, you know, eventually you're just kind of in the world and you're mm. immersed. Yeah. Uh, but that said... I do like reading item descriptions in dark souls uh you know to to get that little those little bits of story also you know um, for
0: for for what I just said uh and and reading about stuff, I have never cared too much to ever pay attention to item descriptions unless there's something like an actual like st- a key hidden thing and that that you need that little bit of knowledge in order to get like a secret or to advance the plot or something
1: mm-hmm. I would say like it Dark Souls I think does a perfect job with, with the item descriptions because it's like it's always just like here's physically what the object is, here's what it does when you use it, and then here's some weird story tidbit, you know? Mm, I do like, like that. oh, here's something about this this guild of hunters who used these during this type of ceremony, you know? And you're like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. You know, and and that's the kind of thing I'm talking about, where it's like this little tidbit that doesn't mean anything in context, but you're just like, you know, it just or it doesn't have context, and you're just like, oh, weird, you know, and then uh, and then you and then you go on, but you absorbed it, you know, and I think where that really set in the best for me was in Sekiro, where there's like there's these like eel. Gosh, what was it called? It, like eel livers or something? What were they exactly? I haven't Sekiro yet. There's some item that, that uh, you know, the description of it, when you first read it, you're just like, oh, okay, you know, it's used in some ceremony or something, I don't know. And it's like, all right. But then you keep finding them in places that look like there should be something that's more special, you know? And at first, that was weird to me. I was just like, why is that why is there this big like thing here that looks really ornate and stuff and then it's just got this fucking eel liver in it. And what this item does is it like it like makes you more immune to lightning damage for 10 seconds or something. And you're like, why is this item always presented in this way that's like so extravagant? But then you start to see it's, so many times then you start to realize wait a second wait a second it's because in the world it's part of this ritual thing it's part of the worship of this thing that's lightning based and all that and you know and and you you start to just kind of like you start- just start to get it, you know, ah, I love
0: that. I, I just figured it was an electric eel, and you know the more you keep it in your pocket, the more resistant to electricity you are because you're used to the shocks by now,
1: mm-hmm, but I'm saying, like why do you keep finding it in these specific places, and then, oh okay,, and then you start to figure that out, you know, and i oh, I love oh, that for the shit. story development, yeah
0: i I like that too yeah yeah um i I love uh I think about uh like in some of the Elder Scrolls games, like you'll see uh, a whole lot of like human chunks in places where there happen to be people who, uh, who, uh, who, who worship. It's Namira. I believe Namira, who is one of the uh, Daedric uh, goddesses of cannibalism. I want to say. So you just kind of like, well, what's, who the fuck is Namira? Why do I it's just a cult. It's a quest. I gotta go to this quest and kill these cultists and yada yada. You could do that. Or you could wonder about why is Namira revered? Why is there a cult who would worship her? Why would they go into a cave? Oh, probably because they have to lure their food there. <laughs> they have yeah. to make sure that they have their food. And what's their food? Oh, you'll never know unless you investigate.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that type of storytelling is great or like in fallout 3 uh there's this one bathroom stall that's got a robot sitting on the toilet and if you pull him mm-hmm. off the toilet there's a piece of scrap metal in the toilet great.
0: <laughs> i love that yeah and uh, like uh talking about item descriptions it makes me think of elder scrolls again uh where man what a great way to intro to a game that hey read item descriptions pay attention to your shit other than the scrolls of a carrion flight Which, in Morrowind, you start a game off. You go, you find this weird dead wizard elf dude. You're like, why the fuck is this guy dead? What is this scroll? And then you pick it up. Well, doesn't
1: he land in front of you? Don't you hear like, ah, and then he lands? If you're not a scrub
0: like me and avoided that area for a good bit. (laughs) So you do hear the screaming. And then, for me, I was off somewhere else. And maybe I just didn't hear it in the game. But I just found a dead body. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I pick it Uh, up. And then, of course, you know, you go flying through the air and then you die mm-hmm. of fall damage. So that was a cool little shock to the system to get you to understand, hey, pay attention. I like that. Right. I don't like, I don't like uh, fucking having only sprites to look at, two-mile-an-hour text scrolling, and, uh, and, and basically no context as to what, what's going on, as like these, first, these <laughs> original Final Fantasies are. And even more than that, I hate grinding. But I, I agree with your original point. It just does make it more interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, if you if you just, well, if you don't grind, you know, then you then the game's a little bit harder, and you gotta think a little harder, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is that, so, so a lot of people also, I forgot to mention, don't like random battles, you know? Oh, I hate uh, them. Because, like, even if you're not intending to grind, you still get into a lot of battles. Well, you just start running from them, yeah. you know? At some point while you're playing Final Fantasy, uh, if you're getting into battles with enemies that you don't think it's worth fighting run run from the battle but it honestly, takes no time
0: but honestly and you're back it, on the world map i think it's less uh, annoying having to fight and way more annoying having to instantly oh shit now there's creatures like oh crazy music you know it's like i hate this because i played so much pokemon as a kid and Grinding's a little bit different in in Pokemon because there's also the element of I wonder if I'll I'll find something rare to catch, so you're incentivized to grind at certain points. Where in Final Fantasy, it's like your only incentive is to level up or increase your skills, and it forces you to buy the random encounters and doesn't like it doesn't make the random encounters seem like it's worth the <laughs> the very minuscule trauma of having to deal with uh that that music again and again and again mm. and again and then having to run every time knowing you're gonna get nothing from it because you're just gonna run
1: i guess i see it differently because in in so in pokemon being incentivized to grind because you might find something is as opposed to final fantasy where you're just not incentivized to grind at all so you just don't uh, like the w- well, you have battles instead that of
0: inv- advancing your skills and your level, but other than that,
1: yeah, you'll get that naturally though, just by going where you're going and fighting the battles.
0: I agree. So I, I, yeah. I don't want to have random encounters. I'd rather, I'd rather there be monsters physically on the map that I can run up to and kill.
1: Okay, sure, sure, yeah. So, so I guess I should specify when I say grinding, I mean when you are not adventuring. And you are only like running back and forth in order to get into battles, right? Mm-hmm. But when you just need to move from point A to point B and there's three random battles in the middle, that's not grinding. That's just fighting some battles or maybe running from them if, you're, if you don't want to fight them.
0: Yes, but you specified three. Three seems like a reasonable encounter rate. I'm talking about games that take that and up it to five or six.
1: Right, sure. Depending on how long the the walk is then there might be a uh, there might be more than that yeah uh you know and how much like exploration you're doing of like the 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 corners and stuff but anyway so Final Fantasy 3. Um, I do remember the story being engaging while, while I was playing it, you know, like I'm saying just enough, right? There's just enough plot to give you some surprises every now and then, you know, it's like, here's a character. Oh, he's a real bastard. You know? Oh, here's the bad guy. Whoa. There was a twist, you know, that kind of thing. It's nothing I'm going to write home about, but while I'm playing it, it kept me motivated and engaged uh and didn't get in the way. So Final Fantasy 3 overall, like I say that 7 is like my favorite Final Fantasy and a huge amount of that is the nostalgia of growing up and I don't know how to separate myself from that, you know. I can't do it. It's not possible. So my opinion of 7 is kind of irrelevant because I grew up with it, you know. It's gonna be my favorite. But for these first 6 that I played, Three was the best.
0: How young were you when you were introduced to Final Fantasy?
1: Uh so yeah, when I played seven, I, I don't know. Uh what year did it come out? 97. I want to say ninety-seven, yeah. Or maybe it was ninety-eight. My 90... opinion.
0: We... No, it was ninety-seven.
1: And I I wanna say we got it a, you know, a little after it came out, so I was probably eight, eight or nine.
0: Yeah, so you got into it a hell of a lot younger than I did. I want to say when I played it, I was eleven.
1: I mean, mind mm-hmm. you,
0: I got into it by trying to buy Final Fantasy VIII. So,
1: right, so eight was already out. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I'm wondering yeah. where the
0: nostalgia comes from for you aside, like, for 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 the older Final Fantasies, not 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 post seven.
1: Um. I'm sorry, Ask that, say that again. Well, you
0: said you were you found it hard to separate the nostalgia from the experience to I guess accurately mm-hmm. judge judge it. Um I was asking where the nostalgia is coming from on these earlier
1: games. Oh, I'm talking about Just 7. I'm okay, saying my okay. opinion, I'm saying if I say that 7 is my favorite, it doesn't mean anything because I because that's the one that I'm extremely nostalgic for. Oh.
0: Yeah, okay, I got you now. I got you.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so 1 through 6, I thought 3 was the best. Uh but Hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Four came next and that was Super Nintendo. So Super Nintendo. Oh wait, wait, wait. Was three was three NES? Yeah, One, was, two, and three were Famicom.
0: I looked up three, uh the graphics of three a minute ago, and it looked Super Nintendo-esque. Uh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, right. There's 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 I forgot about this fucking elephant in the room that you need to address whenever you talk about old Final Fantasy. <laughs> If you're in the United States of America, there were three games called Final Fantasy 1, 2, II, and 3. However, Final Fantasy 2 II and 3 are not Final Fantasy 2 II and 3. They are Final Fantasy 4 and 6. Because mm-hmm. here's what happened. Uh, Final Fantasy came out, and it came out both places. Awesome. Cool. Then Japan got Final Fantasy 2, and they got Final Fantasy 3 on the Famicom, and those never came over to the U.S.
0: Do you then, think? Do you think Square was just like, oh, we we already called it Final Fantasy, man. We can't give him another one. <laughs> well,
1: what I think what I heard was that it was one of those things where Final Fantasy two, it would have come out way too late. Like 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 moving games over to the U.S. took forever. Oh, you know, okay. And so by the time they were finishing up Final Fantasy 2's translation, Final Fantasy fucking 4 was already coming out. And I I think that that one they were working with translating a lot earlier, like while they were developing it and not after the fact. And like the Super Nintendo was already out and stuff. And so they kind of at that point just didn't want to release Final Fantasy 2, this old ass game in the US. You know, they just didn't think anyone would buy it. Uh, I think that that was the reason. Hmm. Okay. Um, so final fantasy. Might tell- oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, right, right, right. So then final fantasy four comes out in Japan and because we didn't get two or three, four comes out in the U S as final fantasy two mm-hmm. for super Nintendo. Then Japan gets Final Fantasy V. That one doesn't get ported to the U.S. I'm already lost. <laughs> then Japan gets Final Fantasy VI, and that one does get ported to the U.S., being the third Final Fantasy game to be ported to the U.S. Ah. So it comes over here, and they call it Final Fantasy III. So,
0: so, so, so the the first ever like quote unquote steampunk Final Fantasy Final Fantasy VI is Final Fantasy III on Super Nintendo.
1: Yes. Okay, good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then finally though when they made 7, they just cut that shit out and they called it Final Fantasy 7 in both the US and in Japan. And then so then people in the US are like what do you mean 7? What happened to 4, 5 and 6? Now again, really they were asking without knowing what happened to Final Fantasy 2, II, 3 and 5, but 4, 5 and 6 um And so, 5 and 6 were released as Final Fantasy Anthology for PS1, which was confusing because we did already get Final Fantasy 6 as 3, so (laughs) now it's 6 on PS1, but along with this Final Fantasy 5 that we didn't have, then there was Final Fantasy... uh... that that should
0: be noted. Final Fantasy 5, for the first time ever, didn't come on the original system that it was on in 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 Japan. It only came to us a console generation later. Which is yeah. the PS1, which is how how I played Final Fantasy V. It was the first way we ever got to play it, but like I, I think a lot of other people played it another way. Like they had uh a different way to play V later on.
1: Yeah, I, I remember my cousin playing it with a fan translation like mm-hmm. a super long time ago. Um so uh So where were we? There was Anthology that was 5 and 6. Then they released Final Fantasy Origins for PS1. That was 1 and 2. Again, we already had 1, but now we had a 2 that was Japanese 2 and not American 2. So, okay, we got that one now. And then there was Final Fantasy... uh, I can never remember the name of this one. It was Chronicle or something?
0: Final Fantasy Chronicles. It had Chrono Trigger as a pack-in.
1: Yes, it was Final Fantasy IV and Chronicles, mm, yeah. uh, which also we already yeah. had for in the form of Final Fantasy II. So that leaves Final <laughs> Fantasy 3, as even though they went back and like released all these old ones on PS1, they didn't do three for some reason. Uh, we didn't. The US did not officially get Final Fantasy 3 until they remade it for the Nintendo DS.
0: I was going to say, when I looked up Final Fantasy III, I found all these 3D, like, DS-looking games, like, uh, really good-looking, actually, for a handheld—like, it was a straight-up remake. I w- Is it good? I would actually play it that way.
1: I don't know. I, th- I mean, I think it's good, but I played it on Famicom, so I'm going to be a huge snob about oh. everything that was harder about that <laughs> version. Uh, so, okay. So, 4 Let's get to Final Fantasy four. It's real, it's, it's, uh, so the, the Super Nintendo is when the stories of the Final Fantasies did get to be way more in depth hmm. with like characters that had more memorable, like portraits, you know, what like one thing is just the drawings of the characters, the portraits looked way better on Super Nintendo. So you actually got more like what the characters look like. You had a, you had a face for the names and stuff, you know? Um, and yeah, all the characters were named now. In Final Fantasy One, two, and three, you had to name your own characters. Huh. Uh Final Fantasy Four, now they have names. You can name them, but they have names now. Well, that's likely so, because yeah. of where the story is just getting more important. You can't just exactly. have four nameless heroes. Exactly. Uh, cause yeah, also in the other four, you know, you you name your four dudes and then you start the game with a party of four, you know, go have fun. Uh, but this, you know, this one is like, okay, Hey, here's your main character. You're going to be him for a minute and he's got a partner. Now that partner has gone. Some other people are going to come in. They're part of the story. They got names and faces and, you know, personalities and we're with them for a little bit. And then they leave the party and some other dudes come in, you know, so four was the first one to do all that. Right. So it really took you on a little adventure. Um, it didn't have a job system though. It, it, it kind of did what what like six and seven do Where like the characters have jobs. You just don't pick them, you know? Mm. So like this guy's always a paladin and this guy's always a white mage and stuff. Uh, that would stick but, for you know, a while. Four was also the first one to introduce active time battles. Yeah. So this was actually, me,
0: I wanted to ask you, you were talking about earlier how you loved in the first Final Fantasy, how you kind of have to plan where your attacks are going to go. You have to plan for how slow that character is and when you're going to attack there. In, in When you were talking about that, I was wondering Does whether or not the game did have that live combat thing going on to where it was like, well, I could attack or I could just sit here. And if I just sit here for a little while, will I die while they attack me? Or is it like a totally turn-based experience. So I guess it's sounding like the, the latter.
1: Yeah, so 1 through 3, totally turn-based. You have all the time that you want to choose all of your actions for all of your characters, and then everything plays out uh, in sequence before you get back to choosing. Yeah. But yes, so Final Fantasy IV introduces the active time battle system, which I don't love. Um, a lot of people really like it just because it feels more actiony, yeah, but uh, and it feels faster paced, you know I, think I don't I'm one think of those so people. <laughs> though, I don't think it's any faster paced i mean if you're if you're picking all of your moves like so it's a little faster paced than 1 through 3 where you pick everything and then everything plays out, right? Well, not even. It's not even faster. You know what it is? Anyway. It's,
0: probably an, it's probably in in the game entirely as a psychological aspect. Like a, something, something right. to trick you into thinking that you need to go faster than you actually need to be.
1: Well, you do have to go faster, though. So well, let's talk yeah, about you will be, what, it's like a so sense what of urgency. is ATB. Yeah, so what is ATB? Active Time Battle is where now, instead of the game being turn-based, characters just have bars that fill up according to their speed, and when their bar fills up, they get a turn, and they take it right then and there, right? Uh, Now, that sounds fine. Like, it's just just like it's turn-based, right? Except if you sit there for a minute, the enemies, like... Well, like, in slow motion. If it was in slow motion, it's no different. But what actually ends up happening is that while one enemy, or while one character is taking their turn, another enemy's bar fills up, or another character's bar fills up, and they throw their thing next in the queue... And so there's a queue of turns that's happening, right? While one animation is playing, another character queues up their next move. Then someone else's bar fills up and they queue up their next move. And they're just. So you have this stream of turns that's always happening. There's always an action happening. It pretty much never comes to a time where you're just waiting for someone's bar to fill up. There's usually, usually always something happening. Um,. My issue with it, though, is that it might it might as well be turn based. Like, why have it be this queue? The only difference to me is like instead of it having be like, okay, so an easier way to understand it would be someone's bar gets full. Okay, now it's their turn, and and you and you just pick their thing off of a menu, and they take their turn, and then whose bar fills up next? Now it's their turn, right? That's how, like, Final Fantasy Tactics does it. And that's, like, you could do that. It's turn-based. Great. But instead what happens is your bar fills up, you get a menu, it's time to pick your turn, and all of this time that you're spending picking what you want to do, the enemies are just getting free moves. Yeah. You (laughs) know? Um, And that's what it actually turns into. Uh, And so to me it's, like, it's just like it's turn-based, but the enemy gets extra moves.
0: I think it depends on what you can do in the game in the time that you have your turn coming up to you, because if you look at games like I, I was I can't remember which game it is, game it is, but I remember strictly recalling like this time where there was a boss I was fighting, and the boss was only vulnerable at a certain period of time where like. Like it was literally a timed event where at a certain amount of time it would open up its chest cavity to vent its excess heat or something, and that's when you strike. So what I would do is I would wait until every character's bar is full, but using when you know, when they when they get their turn you have to do something, like just do defend or, or something like that where it doesn't consume that action, I think. And you can all just unload all your attacks at once, and then of course the downside being that you have to recover all at once too. But <gasps> a lot of burst damage, so it's like it's yeah, it's not for DPS, it's for get this fucker right here strategically timed.
1: I can see that being cool. I think that that can be achieved in turn-based stuff also, like uh, in Final Fantasy X. You know, there's parts where like. Where, like, you're, the boss is only vulnerable for a certain amount of time, and the different actions that your characters take have different delays until their next turn, you know what I mean? So, like, if you just defend with a character, then their next turn will come faster. So you can yeah. kind of use that, you, you can almost use that as the same effect of keeping everyone's bar full, you know? Uh and, and then having everybody's turn happen sequentially after the boss does their thing that makes them vulnerable, you know what I mean? So you can do the same. I, I get it, though. That, that, you know, that kind of stuff does feel kind of cool. It's um, like when a
0: nurse needs to give you an injection of something and they just start tapping the injection site to distract you from the actual <laughs> needle going in. Maybe that's what these like, bars are, these time bars. Maybe they're just there to make you think shit's a little bit more
1: crazy and intense than it is. Mm-hmm. So I know what someone out there is thinking. They're thinking, Dash, put the ATB mode on wait because too. the wait mode fixes the problem that you're talking about. No, it doesn't. Here's what ATB wait does, all right? When your bar fills up and the window pops up of it's your turn, nothing has stopped yet. If you sit on that spot, time is still moving. The only time that ATB wait actually pauses the action is when you enter a sub menu so like if you pick magic and the magic window opens up now the action is paused for you to select from that menu oh is this uh, is this the same in every final fantasy or is it every game that i've played that uses an atb system that's how it works uh even in chrono trigger crazy yeah, or, like, if you pick attack and then your cursor moves to, like, select your enemy, that also puts it in wait mode. See, but, that's what I
0: was going to say. I think I played Final yeah. Fantasy VII that way, and that's what happened, was when you actually choose them, it, it stops. Like, their animation yeah. stopped, too, if I remember correctly.
1: Um, But what it does, though, it it means that you... If you want to stop and think about your turn for a second, you have to... Get your turn and then like go into a menu and think about it for a minute and Ew. then back out of the menu to then pick what you actually want to do. And yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of stupid. It's like just uh I just like turn-based battle systems, man. Not into the ATB. It doesn't ruin the game. I just don't like it. Uh I, I agree. But hey. Um I,
0: I I've played RPGs before that, you know, supposed action RPGs in the In the way that Final Fantasy eventually ended up going, I didn't actually play those later Final Fantasies, but the ones where you actually go up to and start attacking things, I gravitated towards those more because I like the action feel, but in practice, yeah you get a lot more time to think and, and, and ability to plan shit out, like a complex spell action, like, well, at this certain point here, I'm gonna use fire because he'll be weak to fire at this point, and then we can time it there and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But four had a cool story. Um, you know, I liked the introductions of the introduction of story being such a big focus on the game. Uh overall though Overall, I thought Final Fantasy IV was first of all, significantly easier than the other ones. Uh that explains a lot of why a lot of the
0: people on the internet like it for its story, because I guess they beat it.
1: <laughs> I've heard that in Japan there is a harder version of the game that came out or something. I don't know if that's true. Uh, but that version didn't get ported or something. Hmm. Um but yeah, I, I, overall, I thought it was a little short and a little easy compared to the, uh, you know, especially coming off of three, three was hard, especially the ending. Hmm. Uh, so maybe it was just coming off of that, that, um, that made that happen. Uh, but yeah, um, overall though, you know, liked it, but then we get to five and five. If three, isn't the best five is the best. Uh, because 5 brings the job system back that 3 had, hey. and it's amazing and wonderful. We can get through these pretty quick now, because now all we have to say is, hey, 5 brought that job system back. It's fucking awesome. Also, oh, I-, I forgot to mention this about 4, but it also affects 5 and 6, and I touched on it earlier. The other thing that made 4 easy is that there's save points in the middle of the dungeons that you can use tents in now. Hey. Which, honestly, <laughs> so yeah. All so, the things f- I like. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's five. It's got the job system. It's great. Every, I love everything about it. The story, you know, it's got characters with names and faces. and you Okay, remember okay, them.
0: okay, okay. Story of five. I'm sorry. It was really
1: boring. Man. The only I, thing I...
0: <laughs> yeah? I couldn't get past it. Like This is the point at which I can start identifying with some of this, because this is the one I had to beat. I beat mm-hmm. every last hour of this game on stream. Um, brutal. The story... Is what I came to the game for. Because at this point in my Final Fantasy journey, I'm used to the story being what draws me in and keeps me there. I mm-hmm. play this game and it's just straight up, oh, we're traveling the world. There's crystals. The lights are dying. Monsters are happening. And the world, the, the cities are sinking. And it's like, okay, I guess I'm getting through this the whole time. The only thing, story wise, in that game that like really made me go oh shit this is kind of badass it's something i won't spoil for anyone but it's it, it's with the characters and their behavior and not necessarily the story itself so it's in the action mm-hmm. of the game i guess but it's like a character you kind of saw as noble was uh he did a noble thing <laughs> which yeah yeah it's a, it's a fantasy game it's gonna happen i guess
1: uh, he was also the first character where I used this voice, and that's a that's a normal one now. Um, um, where did I use this for? But,
0: I think I think I made him sound like uh, Scruffy the janitor from Futurama.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So, so yeah. It, when I talk about story with with four, five, and six, it is well, not so much six, but at least with four and five. It is still more like the old games where it, it's it doesn't get in the way, right? It's a really simple story that's that's just there enough to motivate you to keep going. like oh, there's there's a few twists, you know, there's yeah. a few big moments, but overall, it's just kind of there to keep you going. What the Super Nintendo ones do better that i'm I am uh uh complimenting is that the characters are more well defined. Um like you're saying, you know, you, you you mentioned that there's a noble character and just the fact that there's a noble character is like something that the first games didn't have because your four main characters, you know, didn't
0: uh they didn't I have mean, personality. This... They didn't have a history. Yeah. You, you, it's it's create it's build your own adventure. And I guess from that perspective, the those games make sense. But I'm mm-hmm. expecting the story to be there because that's just what Final Fantasy is to me. So it's not a fair yeah, yeah. it's not a fair
1: uh critique. I I guess two did have the characters in it, but anyway, um, yeah, I I, I think it, it's a very basic story. Where if you're if you're going to them for story, you're gonna be disappointed for sure. But uh, but yeah, they're like um, there there's enough story to keep you going, and I I I think that the added character drama that they added into the Super Nintendo ones does uh. Elevated a little bit from from mm-hmm. before yeah um, it, it
0: makes you it makes you it, anything that can get you emotionally invested in something that is not like not even a fraction of 300 pixels wide is good. I don't care what they did to get you there. It's good if you can if you can get into the story of something that's like you know Pokemon
1: graphics actually worse than Pokemon graphics objectively. I- are you are you saying that Final Fantasy V has worse graphics than Pokemon? It has less good graphics than Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon never had bad graphics. I played, Moving I played on.
0: I played green version, I should know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh so Final Fantasy VI is like a big topic. Oh yeah. Five, I'll just say like, overall, it was my next favorite after 3 because of the gameplay, because of the job system. You know, there was enough story where I really it. Oh, wait, liked wait, 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 it. hang on.
0: You liked 5 less than 3?
1: Yeah, because 5 had save points in the middle of oh. the dungeons that you could use 10s t- in. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So Yeah, so so what that meant was that even though 5 has more quality of life and the jobs are a little bit more interesting... And, you know, the gameplay, in that sense, was better. It didn't have that dungeoneering that I spent so long talking about before, where you got to go in just as far as you think you can get back out, and then you got to pull out and refresh your party and save, and then go just a little bit deeper in, you know? Love that shit, and that's not in 5, because, oh, there's just a save point in the middle of the dungeon, and I can save there and use a 10. So, yeah for that pretty much honestly for that reason alone uh I you know I would say that I had a better time playing 3 um but it's close it's close though 5 okay. is amazing yeah. uh yeah so then there's Final Fantasy 6 uh this one is like the story one if you are going to a pre 7 Final Fantasy game for the story you play 6 or 3 uh <laughs> in America so Yes, yes. If if you're in America, I'm talking about the game that is titled Final Fantasy III for Super Nintendo, which is actually Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. That game, uh, yeah, that this is the one where like the characters are really great, especially a certain villain, um, and uh, yeah. and yeah, just like e- everything that happens in that world and that story is like super super great. Um, you beat it though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, that
0: is the one Final Fantasy game ever made that uh, I regret not beating. Um, because I didn't play it for very long. What I did was uh, th- th- this was kind of in my uh, I have a laptop for high school, so I'm gonna throw a shitty emulator on here that's probably gonna crash it and give me a virus, but damn it, I'm gonna do it. And uh, I played Final Fantasy VI, and the way that they make Super Nintendo sprites cinematic in that game was mind-blowing to me. Um, They did great making that game. And I, I only played about, like, 20, 30 minutes, but the entire time I was wrapped up in that story. It was really good. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh it looks great. Oh man, there's there's some super memorable parts in it that like are very Super Nintendo driven as far as like the way that they do the audio, mm-hmm. the way that they do the graphical effects and stuff. Uh yeah, 6 is where they took it to a new level story-wise. Gameplay-wise, it's uh it's more like 4, less like 5. Hmm kind of in between though uh where it, it's one of those games where all the characters are just a job, right? So they've got their special abilities that's just that character. It's less interesting to me than uh than, you know, picking your jobs. Yeah. But it does make sense story-wise though because you know when you meet the the pugilist monk guy, you know, yeah, he's going to be a fighter, right? So, you know, it's got that element to it that's nice story-wise. Gameplay wise, though, a little bit less interesting. Yeah. Uh, but overall, fantastic game though. Like uh, uh, one of you know one of the better ones. Um, I often I, I hear
0: you, I hear it get called the best Final Fantasy ever made. A lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people think six is the best one. Uh, I think if you're going for story, it's a really good choice. You know, for me, overall, I'm sorry that all my opinions are shitty, but <laughs> overall, I think uh six landed somewhere in the middle for me um okay just just because i just love the gameplay of three and five uh so much more you know Um, i will
0: say when i was getting through five and i do mean getting through um man i i said this before but that was my lifeline like just playing with stats and what you could do to grow a character like what the fuck is a samurai dancer class gonna look like? What what can they do? Um, mm-hmm. I I had a red mage that like my my main character. I'm in a red mage because was it was it the first game that had red mages?
1: Uh, Five? gosh, I don't know. I don't know okay. which one introduced that. I I mean, i I think I think Final Fantasy one had really? red mages if I'm not mistaken.
0: I didn't even. But really, I'm not sure. I didn't really need any. Play any uh, games that had like anything like the red mage in it. So I was fascinated by the idea that he was, you know, a master of all, you know, or jack of all, master of none. Where you could get like, it, it, and it made sense early on in the game, which is why I went with it. You could do black magic and white magic by default as a red mage. It's just you would never get. Uh, heal spell four or five or like black magic four or five. You can only use the level three tops version of that spell. So later in the Mm -hmm. game, it made less sense because you do less damage unless you spec your character specifically to be like a support character where when I'm not needing to heal, I'll cast damage when I'm not damaging, I'll heal. And when I'm totally out of mana, then you know, someone will throw a fucking ether at me or something. I don't know. Fun thing to do, but like that, alone I, I i'm lucky i experienced that after final fantasy 7 and 6 and 10 and all that because i actually would have been like fuck why didn't this keep happening this is so fun to play with what i i get it though because like once he once you have games like where you have a character where one guy's arm is a fucking machine gun, he's kind of destined to be a ranged damage character. He's not going to be a spellcaster a whole lot. I mean, you, you'll probably use a little bit of black magic on him just to, to, to change it up a little bit. But when his only melee weapons are like the really rare Morningstar maceball attachment for his wrist or just a, or just a big fucking iron fist, <laughs> those are like... Those are gonna uh, shit on that ability to make that a story uh a story compatible system with a class
1: yeah yep, totally um so so yeah, and that was the thing is that like yeah, six is really, really, really good. It was just that I had just played five was the thing mm-hmm. you know uh so yeah, I do appreciate a lot of the stuff that that game did, though. Great story. It had some really good uh, puzzles also, like uh, like town puzzles and that kind of thing of figuring out secrets or how to progress or that kind of thing. Yeah, some really, really great stuff. You know, awesome soundtrack as well. Um, cool game, cool game. Uh, and that's Final Fantasy 1 through 6. I also played seven, eight, nine, and 10, but I feel like... Uh, I I feel like we may I'm, we have to talk about that another time. It just t- <laughs> it's well, going to take up so much time.
0: <laughs> I guess to preface this for everyone who didn't know, uh, who was literally everyone, uh, we were kind of going to talk about Final Fantasy X too because that's what Dash has been playing. But uh, right. I guess we needed the context of, of of Final Fantasy first because honestly, there's a lot of bones to pick in that series in general.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we, oh man, do we like? That's the thing is. There's, I, the old games, even if they have flaws, they're not really like, oh, I'm mad about it. You know, it's just like, yeah, it's an, you know, it's an old game and they're figuring things out later in the series though. We start to get mad at it. And, <laughs> you know, okay. I start right. to get, I start to get a little upset at some things that happen later. Okay. Um, well, like what? Like, uh, oh man. Well, ten two is a pretty rough start um as as far as as far as do you want to jump like into
0: things? uh the the dichotomy of 10 and 10 too because i
1: i can talk about this one a little
0: bit too since i played 10 enough to get almost to the end um hmm. you, we, we can talk about 7 8 and 9 real quick too if you'd like
1: yeah let's gush about final fantasy 7 for a minute all right because no one's so, ever done so th- that so the thing about let me tell you the thing that stands out about 7 the most over anything else it's the fucking soundtrack dude and the and this is part of why this is part of why I think maybe it's a nostalgia thing that makes me like the game so much is that I think that the Final Fantasy 7 soundtrack is just by far no question the best game soundtrack ever <laughs> it, it's the really? best Final Fantasy soundtrack it's the best video game soundtrack it's, man, I could listen to it my whole life. I want that soundtrack playing around me all the time. I, like, one of the, I, I would say I probably watch as much Final Fantasy VII on Twitch as everything else combined, and the reason is because I just love the, I just want to have the soundtrack playing while I'm doing shit, you know? And, that's awesome. Uh, you know, that's, that's just it. I fucking, it's so, so good. Uh, but I, I, the other things, yeah, uh, yeah, go
0: on. Oh, I was just going to say, I didn't, when, when I played 7, I was nowhere along in my <laughs> video gaming career to understand how to appreciate a soundtrack like that. Um, I will admit 7 has a phenomenal soundtrack. I would not say there was ever a point in the game where I consciously was like, what is this music? You know, like, well, it's nah, so It good.
1: happened. I'll remind you. It <laughs> was the first time that the screen. And instead of. Right, right. Instead, one time there was a bigger, more crazy enemy, and the screen went. And it went. Dude, when that shit happens the first time. That Did like woke me up as a person inside. Did they not have like, boss music in the original games? There was, I but not fucking. Well, also, also, I I played seven first, right? So me too. Um, yeah, so that's kind what of. I'm saying is is you're saying that like you you played the game before you really appreciated soundtracks. Yeah. For me, 7 was like the game that made me appreciate soundtracks. And the moment was that boss theme kicking in the first time. And I was just like, holy shit, video games just got taken to another level.
0: I, I, I think I'm going to take it back, actually. Uh, I think there was <laughs> definitely a period of time before playing Final Fantasy 7 where a soundtrack of a game stood out to me like none other. And uh, that would be Vector Man on Sega Genesis because mm, you pop mm-hmm. that shit car- you part th- pop that cartridge in and you hit the power button and you could leave that thing alone for the rest of the night, maybe just hit A a couple times and you've got a rave going on in your house. <laughs> like that yeah. soundtrack was just so different from any other thing I was used to hearing at the time. Um, there's actually a, 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 a an interview uh, with the original composer of that game um on youtube there was someone who did like a like an hour-long interview i appreciate it i would i might put that in video in the video description if i find it it's not really to final fantasy but final fantasy 7 i think its best soundtrack moments were when the soundtrack became invisible to the experience which is you just kind of like felt the emotions of the scene because of the music without even knowing it's necessarily because the music it's just, the music is like that cheap MIDI sound. And this is a testament to, to that soundtrack. The fact that they can evoke such emotional response with, Uh, a shitty little midi, midi piano and a couple of like percussion and bells is, is fantastic. But that just, we're, we're also talking about Nabuo Uematsu here. So he's like the final fantasy music guy. If there's an amazing final fantasy song that you've listened to, he's the reason behind it basically. Um, And, and man, there are some, I, I go back to five when there's two, two specific bangers. And they always have to deal with Gilgamesh. It's like battle at the battle on the big bridge, is like his theme for the boss. And like that was the point in the game where I was like, why, why is this music ten times better than every other track in the game? <laughs> mm, so, yeah. so I, I think they, you know, he cut his teeth earlier on making good music. But I will admit, Final Fantasy V's percentage of its soundtrack being amazing. Uh, nowhere can hold a candle to, to final fantasy seven for sure
1: Yeah, seven is like every single track yeah is memorable and excellent mm-hmm. uh you know and and yeah yeah like it, and it, it runs the gamut so well of like those really soft emotional yeah. tracks versus those metal heavy metal six eight tracks you know um Oh, it's just so good, and <laughs> you, was yeah, uh, that,
0: I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about the time signature.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, six eight, man. That's how you, you know, it makes it more metal.
0: <laughs> I saw this one thing uh, this recently. It was like a tweet or something. It was like uh, all music is in four four time.
1: If you don't count it, like a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> or I-, I love the idea because I've totally done this. Of uh, I-, I was watching something about the dance of eternity the dream theater song that's like known for having over a hundred time signature changes you know oh, and uh one of the comments on youtube was i just bang my head in 4-4 and just wait for it to line up every <laughs> once in a while
0: <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> uh, uh so, so i was gonna say you were talking about final fantasy 10 oh, no, we seven, just had a little seven. moment there did (laughs) we where it was like we were kind of like our 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 words were lined up with our thoughts yeah it was weird of course i also felt the delay on discord too
1: (laughs) oh yeah but uh so final fantasy seven soundtrack okay go on i'm gonna quit talking
0: um i mean i was basically done i i i I think final fantasy eight had a great soundtrack too but i don't remember it as much um
1: 8 soundtrack is a lot jazzier. It's got like a yeah, lot of yeah. jazz organ in it and stuff Loved it. and it was a um Mhm, mhm. Yeah, and it really fit the aesthetic of that game as well cuz that game was a lot more I don't know, that game was a lot groovier. It was the know? most
0: anime Final Fantasy se- or Final Fantasy game we had gotten. At all. Yeah. At that point.
1: Yeah. So one thing to talk about with seven is that it was the transition to three D. It was on PS1 and it was in 3D now, baby. But it I thought it was still very very classic in that like when you're indoors it's still like here's the drawn interior with black abyss around it you know and you're just in this little thing oh when you're, you're in you're the
0: combat combat section like when you're no, fighting? no I'm talking oh.
1: about like you're you're like when you're in town right. Uh, and you go into a building. That building is just a little square oh, yeah, in the yeah. abyss, right? And it's just like an old school Final Fantasy game, you know. I did. And you're love a little that. chibi character running around, you know. Yeah, it felt super old school. And then also the battle system felt very, very similar to Six. Right? It's still active time battles. The different characters are their different classes, basically. Um. The only thing that, well, the thing that six or seven took away from six is that in six, every character is a well-defined job where they have a, they have a list of abilities that they can do because they're that job. Seven didn't do that. Seven was all about materia and like really the only thing that made the characters really all that unique was their limit breaks and most of their limit breaks were just I do damage to the enemies, you know. That is true. So, so the characters weren't as well defined gameplay wise in seven. Uh, but the materia system, though, holy shit! Fucking like loved you're saying,
0: it. huge fan of the materia system. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, right, that allowed you to put magic on anyone and, like, equipping more magic on a character would skew their stats more magical. Oh, that's but right. Yeah, that's material
0: all- also provided stat changes. Mm-hmm. I forgot and about then-
1: that. It's also like, you know, materia is also how you get things like if, you know, if you want to be immune to lightning, you know, then you can link the uh, elemental to the lightning on your armor specifically. But if Mm -hmm. you linked them on your weapon then you did lightning attacks, like there there was a lot of complication to it that made it like uh really really interesting because material had
0: different color it had green for elemental mm-hmm. like spells it had yellow for like mechanics it had purple for like uh like it was like cover and was it was was steel a purple one where it just kind of that gave was you yellow yellow okay so yellow gave you the abilities i guess and mm-hmm. purple was like chance on hit or stuff like that it was cool yeah and red was yeah. summons and so on so mm-hmm. forth
1: And then blues would link to another materia and augment how it worked, you know, or how it behaved. Uh, So, yeah, such a cool system. And when you'd see Uh, one
0: in the wild, you knew what kind of materia it was because it was a shining mm -hmm. green gem or a shining blue gem. And it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's blue. That's red. If if you see a red gem, you're like, oh, fuck, I just unlocked a whole movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Right. Loved all that stuff and then seven also uh got away from crystals for the story Dang, i think six might have also gosh as much as i praised the story for six i kind of don't remember what what the overall story well was. they didn't
0: get away from crystals they still had it as part of their ma- i mean materia come on the, the giant mako reactors like that that's where the crystal thing I still exists, but man, was it way more tolerable and let's 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 just talk about like I was a huge fan of these like futuristic steampunky kind of Final Fantasy environments. So seven and six, beautiful. Like the unique. I'm just kind of jaded and tired of the traditional fantasy RPG setting, so maybe that's why it didn't appeal to me too much. And that's why I also never tried nine, which was another shift mm-hmm. back to classic Final Fantasy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm sense? glad you brought up that they got away from crystals, but it's still like the same thing. Because yeah, it does get into like the overall life of the story. Planet. The overall theme of Final Fantasy, which is yeah, like the the life of the planet, because that's always what the crystals represented. The right? planet's We're dying, sa- Cloud sa- Saving the planet. <laughs> Um, yeah, and even that movie, The Spirits Within, was had the same story of, like, the guy was – The the Spirits Within was just Final Fantasy VII story, basically, where the guy was, like, sucking life energy out of the planet and profiting off of it, you know? I've heard um, it was
0: really bad, and I, I found out that I had two copies of it on VHS because I saw it in a Goodwill and went, oh, my God, I'm going to get that. And then I forgot I owned it because apparently it's just that forgettable, and I bought it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought The Spirits Within was a fine movie. It just oh man, it had nothing to do with Final Fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh like the old, like cuz it was completely sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't the sci-fi fantasy thing. Totally sci-fi huh. and uh and yeah, I mean it it, it was it it had it was kind of just a rehash of Seven story without the good characters, you know. It had the life stream basically. It had the Mako reactors basically. It was it was the Shinra part of the story, but not the Sephiroth part, you know, not the Genova part. Okay, yeah. Um, Which yeah. I
0: mean, let's be honest why <laughs> why go to Spirits Within when you can have
1: that though? Because like Sephiroth right. is the the bad guy.
0: He's the exactly. bad guy.
1: Exactly. Sephiroth was huge. I mean, I fucking loved Sephiroth as a villain. I think, like, it's one of those things where I kind of feel like everyone fucking blew their loads over Sephiroth for so long that then there started to be, like, this anti-Sephiroth uprising of, like, No, it's all about Kefka, man! And, like, yeah, Kefka's (laughs) great, but, like, seriously, though, Sephiroth is awesome. Okay, Like, the way... I, I don't
0: even know who Kefka is. I know he's a a boss in the original like or older series, but like story-wise, the fact that I have played and beaten multiple Final Fantasy, my Final Fantasies and still don't really know or care who Kefka is tells me maybe Sephiroth is the cooler villain.
1: <laughs> Kefka is awesome. He's from Final He's the main bad guy of Final Fantasy 6. Uh yeah, and he he's great. He's great, great villain. You know, mm-hmm. nothing against him. Is he Gilgamesh?
0: Because um, if he beats Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh, is a fucking dude, dude.
1: I love him. Uh, yeah, I think I, I I think I like them more. But uh, <laughs> the thing I love about Sephiroth though was that he had like this aura to him that I hadn't seen another RPG do with their villain, where it was like. Every time that Sephiroth showed up, the game got really weird. You know what I mean, oh yeah like like he would Sephiroth would just fucking like rise up out of the floor for some reason, you know, and like the music would get kind of weird, and he would just and yeah. everything he says for so long is just kind of fucking nonsense. Mm-hmm. you're like, what is this guy talking about and then he just like flies away, you know, and it's like. <laughs> And you wonder like if it even happened, you know, and that's like powerful, cool shit for villains to do to like mess with you like that, to just be like, I don't even, I don't even understand what just happened, but he was here for a second. I think, um, yeah, or was he an
0: illusion?
1: Yeah, Uh, that's the thing.
0: I want to say Advent Children, that movie they made uh, of Final Fantasy VII like 10 years or so after the fact or something. I don't remember the exact story, but they like played on the theme of, well, ah, damn it, I can't remember the names, name of the character, but there was like three or so like Sephiroth clones. I'm butchering the story.
1: Their were, names were Kadaj,
0: Loz, and I don't remember the other one. But they were like, they were like, attempts at recreating like an actually obedient sephiroth or something and i don't know if it was by the shinra corporation or not but they were there but the whole entire like reason to keep watching that movie if you weren't that into the story was if you like there's just this hint that sephiroth isn't dead he's dead but like there's him still out in the world and now these people are causing problems and you know it kind of just feels like how much more money can we squeeze out of this series without having to remake the game 20 years later on two spanning three different console generations that people are going to bitch at us about for years uh i think yeah i think that shows you how powerful a villain sephiroth actually is because they kept dangling in, fr- in front of you in that early part of the game. You didn't understand what's going on because like, like you said, it just like' it's just weird. The music got weird, what he said didn't make any sense. And you kind of like it, it, it jogs you into like jogs your brain into thinking, okay, what is the context of what's going on here? What am I going to piece it together as later? Why is he significant? that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and the story is told so well too where it's like for all this time where you don't understand who Sephiroth is, but he's being built up, you know? You it's it doesn't get boring because you're dealing with the Shinra, you know? The whole start of that game is all about Shinra and stopping them to save the planet, you know? And Sephiroth is like this side thing that's like this just ultimate threat. That we don't really know if we're ever going to be able to deal with him, but he's not the villain right now. We're trying to stop Shinra, you know? And then he comes in later as like the actual villain. Uh, and so I just, I really like that too, because it, it gives you so much time to build him up uh and be so weird with him while not just kind of making the player be bored cuz they're like i don't know who this guy is i don't care it's you know? such
0: like a seeing uh spoiler alert for people who haven't played final fantasy 7 i guess uh it's <laughs> it seemed like such a crazy scene where you're like you you know you you finally infiltrate the shinra you're ready to go you get to the the top floor wait well you have to go through these floors oh shit here's this laboratory oh who the fuck is God damn it? Was his name Hojo? I think. Hojo. The, yeah, mm-hmm. Hojo. This crazy uh, long-haired ponytailed scientist guy is uh, looking at something. Oh, it's weird. Oh, hey, this this dude with long gray hair just broke the fuck in. Oh shit, it's Sephiroth, and uh, he, he he. There's something really gross in that tank right there. But before that happens, you see that thing in that tank, and you go. What the fuck is that thing? But it wasn't even story relevant at the time. It's you're taking on the Shinra, you're trying to get to to fucking uh, big man himself, and then <laughs> the game tricks you into going to this whole separate storyline with the Sephiroth arc right here. Like, oh shit, what is this Genova thing? Um, and and then the, the way that they do it is they go, oh hey, in this room there's also a talking dog. <laughs> yeah that was my favorite thing i was like what is this guy's story i was like there's there's so much to unpack in those scenes i was like this is great
1: (laughs) yeah and also i'm glad you mentioned like the the scenes with sephiroth and like the shit in the tanks and stuff because like that in those things in those parts it sephiroth does not seem too pleased with shinra either yeah you know with with the things that he's saying so that like also kind of builds him up as like as as it being kind of weird because it's like is he a bad guy at that point or or not yeah and because he kind of has the same goal that you do
0: and you know him that's the thing is the the yeah you don't know him but you know him because the game gives you the history that you were in the military together you were in soldier together and so Mm -hmm. he was this normal human person that used to talk to you just like an experienced soldier and when he's talking here, he seems like a fucking madman. He has no... Like, none of the shit he says makes sense, and the scenes that he's in is not something a normal human would do. So you're like, mm-hmm. is this the same person? You're questioning it all the time. There's so many questions that you're asking all the time of what's going on. Um, yeah. It's insane.
1: Yeah. Just, oh my god. It's... Oh, it's a good game. Yeah. Um And, you know, I... I I might even say, like, I might even say that Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I've talked about, like, I talk about Killer Seven a lot as being my favorite, or, like, Wings of V as being my favorite game. But, like, considering what I'm talking about, where, like, I can just always be having a, a stream of Final Fantasy VII on, you know, and I just, I'm into it 100% of the time uh i i feel like it's sort of the answer that i can't get away from that this is great pro- because you're the last probably person just <laughs> it's probably just my favorite game ever
0: <laughs> uh, this is great because you're like the last person i would ever expect to say what i guess at this point oh god maybe not even anymore but just because i'm old but like for my our generation most people would say oh final fantasy 7 duh favorite game you know i feel like that's a big answer for a lot of people and you just seem so much more well versed in video games that you know a lot more games of that other people haven't even heard of and played, and you still go to that one. That shows how good of a game, I guess. That really, yeah, how how much of an impact it gave on everyone.
1: Right, right, yeah. Like I'm, you know, I'm snobby, and I've played a million games, and I I, I would love to tell you that my favorite game, oh, you've never heard of it, you know. <laughs> but no, 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 dude, Final Fantasy VII is j- it's so fucking good. But all right, all right. <laughs> so,
0: so we we we'll, we'll move on to eight, I guess. Um, eight did something that I didn't like, but only I, I I didn't like it or I didn't hate it, and I, I guess the truth is really kind of in between, and that I never really understood it, which was the um the, the not the sphere system that was Final Fantasy X, but Final Fantasy oh the VIII, uh, Junction the Junction system. I didn't understand that at the age that I played that game at, so it kind of went over my head, um, and like I said, I only really got into the demo of it, so I, when I when I played Final Fantasy VIII, I want to say probably a good ten years later, um, it just, I went, I didn't even get to the point where you get to the demo, like in, in the demo discs, where you're going on that beachhead and actually storming the town, and there's like shit going down, I didn't even get to that part, because it just didn't hold my attention long enough at that point, but I think that's less on the game and more on the fact that at that point in my t- in my gaming life, I haven't really. I, I was rapidly losing my 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 patience for the time commitments that JRPGs require.
1: So I loved your story earlier about playing the demo of Final Fantasy VIII because I had the same thing, except oh. that I had played seven already, uh. but but I had that demo. It mm. came with Brave Fencer Musashi for me. Uh, you know, I think that demo was around a couple different things, but for me, we had Brave Fencer Musashi, which is another SquareSoft game for for uh, PlayStation One. This doesn't yeah, sound it like it my demo. Di-
0: you sound like you might have gotten a SquareSoft
1: demo disk. Honestly, um, it was I- it was specifically a Final Fantasy VIII demo disk.
0: Oh, okay. That, so that was the only demo on it. I had it by playing the official I, I would I had official US PlayStation magazine monthly and they mm-hmm. had a demo disc with every uh every issue. So I would um I couldn't afford a subscription to it, but I would get the magazine at the grocery store every time I saw it and uh it would show you the list of playable demos and then just a list of videos for other games that were out. So that's they had one that had Final Fantasy on it. I don't remember which one it was, but uh man. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a <laughs> How many people out there do you think were, like, us well, as kids who didn't have a whole lot of games and they just kind of played demo discs solely for yeah, a little I while? I
1: think a ton of kids. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I feel like there's but, something uh, I can do
0: with demo discs that would be fun to do with YouTube. I don't know. That's a different thought.
1: Oh, yeah. there uh, On GiantBomb.com, there used to be a, a series called Demo Derby where they just dredged up old demo discs and played the demos on them and watched the mm. videos on them and stuff. And that was kind of the best stuff because they played the demos, and it's like, yeah, all right, here's demo versions of games that came out later, cool. But then there's like videos, you know? Yeah. 90s ass video game marketing, marketed to 10 year olds, fucking videos that were s- so good.
0: <laughs> Man, do you want to know my favorite thing about the PlayStation Monthly demo? I just swear, were. Every couple of months they would have a refresh in how they intro the C D so there'd be a new really shitty early nineties CGI, like bowling alley level CGI, with just like the most badass music you could imagine, just like put onto these demo discs with like my God, dude, there was there was there was such a good video of um the demo discs getting getting made on an assembly line where it's just like this really shitty looking conveyor belt would have like this ball of whatever, and then a like a, a Mario pipe looking smasher would come down and smash it into a disc shape, and then it would like throw it into like a it had like a conveyor belt to throw them in discs like you know, uh cases and like jewel cases. And then there'd be other things where it's like uh we're in space and now there's this diner, a fifties style silver diner in space. And uh we're in the parking lot, and the parking lot is just its just space. You're over here next to the diner in space. And there's a robot with the 50s style bob as like a, a flat metal slab of hair with gigantic, like, like an hourglass figure. You know what I mean? And this is just like a space robot as, as 50s, 60s sci-fi looking as you can get. And she turns around, and she looks, and there's these two hot rods with no wheels, just their spaceship, that, spaceships that are cars, that are hot rods, and she lifts her hand, and she throws down, and they both go racing off, one's flying around the rings of Saturn, one's going through an asteroid belt, and they're just fighting and fighting, and, uh, and then one, one of them gets hit by an asteroid, spirals off, goes off into Saturn's atmosphere, starts burning up, and just gets destroyed, and now you've got some games to play.
1: Yep, <laughs> it made no fucking sense.
0: But demo discs were my shit, man. I, I loved it for just like the weirdness about them.
1: Um, oh yeah,
0: they-, they were great. Yeah.
1: So I had what I'm saying though is it-, it was a different disc, but I had the same demo of Final Fantasy VIII. Probably the same and I had file. This- and-, and I had the same. You know, it, yeah, it had the little cutscene with Cipher at the start. You know, and uh, and then you go, you run up the thing. You have the Leviathan summon. I was so impressed by the Leviathan summon. You know, mm-hmm. and then you fight that thing at the end that has the big Jay Leno chin. Um, <laughs> but uh, but as a kid, here's the thing: is I maybe I had you know what? I don't think I had played Final Fantasy 7 yet when I played that demo. And the reason I say that is I remember not being able to beat the demo. Because when I got to that boss, I just sat there casting Leviathan on him over and over again, <laughs> not realizing that when the green numbers show up, that uh, means I'm healing him. Whoa. Didn't realize it, you know? Hang on. This wasn't
0: was this in a mechanic, was this a mechanic that appeared in earlier Final Fantasies? I want to say it was. Cause yeah, yeah. Seven definitely had that. Um, mm-hmm. So you didn't, you didn't, I guess you just played this demo first before playing all the others, I guess
1: yeah yeah that's what I'm saying yeah. I don't think I had played seven yet um yeah I wanna so that introduced demo might have been, yeah yeah
0: that introduced you to the concept of numbers having different you know colors meaning different things
1: yeah, and you know just to that kind of game uh in in the first place, but anyway, I didn't actually play Final Fantasy Eight until uh well i what was it a year ago now, two years wow. ago now um Because, like I'm saying, over the last, like, so I started this whole Final Fantasy journey in, like, late 2018, I want to say, playing through every numbered one sequentially. So we get to 8, and uh, I really liked 8. I like that jazzy soundtrack a lot, that different mood that the game had, where... Where the characters are kind of more of like punks, kind of yeah, they're because um,
0: they're literally they're literally school kids, they're kids, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but like you know, older kids, punks, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's, anyway. it's high school, you know, or yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I really liked about it was the battle system was very snappy. You know, it, it it's still ATB and stuff, but like what I was noticing about it was like two characters like one character would go in and hit the enemy and then before they even got back to their spot the next enemy was or the next character was already uh, was already taking their turn you know so things kind of moved a little bit quicker um you know they added the mechanic where like since you have a gun blade if you hit r1 at the moment of attacking you always get a critical hit you know and that kind of stuff so stuff like that was kind of fun it was fun stupid but fun man gun blades are dumb (laughs) (laughs) yes
0: but oh man okay so i guess because i didn't get through it at all i was always wondering what the significance of the pistol grip was to his blade as a kid. I, I later learned that <laughs> my instincts were right as a kid. Gun blades are dumb, so I didn't think that's actually what it was. I thought it was just a mm-hmm. weird-looking, edgy-styled sword, which in the game, he used it as. He slashed people with it. I don't recall there ever being a moment where Squall just stands
1: in place and goes, well, pow.
0: Oh, he, yeah. He didn't do that, did yeah,
1: he? Yeah. I- I don't remember specifically. I don't either. But every single time that you hit an enemy, if you hit R one, it's like you're shooting them as you're slashing <laughs> them, and you get that critical <laughs> hit. Pretty cool, dude. Stuff there. Um, but uh, but yeah, eight also just um, th- it had that junction system. That's really interesting. So how did that work? Eight Was so how junctioning works is you bind your different spells to stats so you know in uh in in final fantasy 7 you have materia that mm-hmm. are the different spells and you put them into the slots in final fantasy 8 it's kind of like the different materia slots are your different stats so you equip fire to your strength and then you equip cure to your defense right and the more of that spell that you have stocked, it gives a bonus to that stat. Hmm. So now we gotta talk about drawing out in stocks. So also Final Fantasy VIII doesn't have MP. Instead you have to draw spells out of enemies. Oh so like if
0: Yes, yeah. this confused me a whole lot as a kid.
1: Yeah. So like you would, you would do like it when you get into a battle and instead of killing the enemies, you'll do like draw on this enemy and you can select the different things that they have. This enemy might have fire or slow, right? And you pick one to draw. So then you take your turn, you, you do the draw and then it's like, good. Hey, you got five of them. Cool. So now you've got five casts of draw on that or of, sorry, of slow mm-hmm. or fire or whatever on that character permanently. But that also means that if, it, you know, that that stat that that spell is junctioned to also went up, you know, which Can sort I, of. Means... How did they
0: like, how did they like work this into the story? Like, oh, you can't learn magic. So here's how it works.
1: Um, gosh, how was it in the stories? It probably had something to do with the GFs. All Sorry. I remember <laughs> that was about like an unfair question. Really that was, was super specific. Was the... Well, no, it's a good question. If I had remembered, it would have been a good answer. <laughs> but uh, I probably had something to do with GFs. I don't know. But, yeah, so it did slow the game down a little bit to have the draw system because it sort of incentivized you to just sit there and draw out at 255 or however many you could get of every single spell, you know? Uh, so, like, that took a minute. But then you junction your characters, and they're really powerful, and it's cool, mm. you know? Uh so I don't know. I liked it overall. Um and then yeah, the story, like that one's pretty silly with its writing. Seven is pretty silly too, a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, but like eight, eight is like the silly. most
0: outwardly anime like Final Fantasy we ever had at that point in time. Like it was yeah. very like you know school drama, that's an obvious theme. Um and then there's like there's I guess, well, you you even like We'll work with your teacher for a bit Quistus, is that her name yeah yeah mm-hmm. big fan of her by the way she's cool uh she teaches she you to was
1: game. in my party the whole time oh she, yeah she used a whip i mean in, i'm into whips man
0: listen i don't need to go into it there's a lot of reasons i liked her <laughs> but mm-hmm. but but she takes you to the cave to get ifrit which is your first summon and that's about the point in time at which i realized oh you don't start the game with leviathan <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it was just like so, it's kind of like it was almost a demo like to show yeah. off things
1: <laughs> yeah um so i uh, also yeah you're mentioning the anime thing we i talked about how final fantasy 7 was still very classic mm-hmm. with the chibi characters and the indoors look and stuff yeah um eight moved away from that and now the characters were like full humans character mod like humanoid character models and stuff. Uh which looked all right, you know. I <laughs> I like the cartooniness, but I also like the, the realistic style. You know, either way is fine for me. The only problem though that I found was that I thought that the the way that eight did the camera angles was a lot more confusing. Oh. Like like, uh, I, I felt like the camera angles when you were in town in Final Fantasy VIII was more like Resident Evil, you know? Where, like, it keeps uh. k- changing camera angles as you're running around, and you never really have a clear picture in your head of what the fuck this place is shaped like, you know? Yeah. Uh, which really get is a problem at some points in the game when you're supposed to, like, get to certain places fast. It's funny that um, you
0: say that, because that brings up a very specific set of memories where there were a lot of times where the camera angle would change. And I guess we should point out, this is still final fantasy when they're using pre-rendered background images for 3d models to walk on top of, or in front of you, if you want to get real specific. So, you're you're looking at a picture to tell you where you can and can't walk and these are very low res images these are 240p let's let's not forget um so they're 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 low res and that means you might not know that there's an area you can go that you actually can so i remember there being so many moments in final fantasy 8 specifically where it would change the camera angle while i'm trying to get somewhere and this Final Fantasy VII was not immune to this as well, but you would immediately get to this this weird close up character like version, like close up view of your character, and you just got to see the blurry face of of the character, like Squall and shit. And I guess that just brings to mind the classic meme of Renoa talking to Squall in the in the Seed Academy. You know, you're the most handsome boy here, and it just shows like his zoomed in face where it's just like this <laughs> shitty like block PS um, yes, one face, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I remember the Man. camera being a problem for navigation.
1: Uh yeah, yeah, but overall though, overall I really did like 8. Um the story in that one though, I think is a little stupid. Like it's a little too anime where where like all the characters have amnesia and <laughs> oh, it turns out that we all grew up together but we forgot. Um, and they try. I think they try to make it so that though they like the excuse that they give throughout the game is that it must be the GFs that are making their memories go away. <laughs> you keep saying uh, this,
0: and I keep thinking it's just meaning girlfriends because I don't remember. Oh what it yeah, means.
1: <laughs> right. Sorry, GF. I forgot Fucking what it actually means. It's like it's like guardian, guardian force. Fuck fucker. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Guardian um, fucker. But it's like Let's go. With summons. That. It's, it's your summons, right? Like yeah. your, your, your summons in the game, uh, are GFs and like each character has one or something. I don't totally remember. Uh, I think it's like you, you, you sync them. It's kind of like junctioning mm. where each character is linked to one of the GFs or something. Anyway, the, in the story, they're kind of saying that like this power is what's making their minds deteriorate or something but they i i don 't think that there's ever confirm if I remember right i don 't remember if there 's ever confirmation in the story that that 's actually what 's happening it 's like the characters are just kind of theorizing that the whole time because i don 't know maybe they just don 't remember or something uh, <laughs> so yeah it 's a little weird and silly um I will say though without spoiling it at the like very end of the game, I think that they do some like really fucking cool shit with the memory fuckery mm. uh and like the the GFs are like killing our brains kind of thing they there's like a c- little bit of specific stuff that's like awesome mm. uh like visually really cool um but overall though I did think the story was a little silly and uh I- I've heard that, that one from ended up as well yeah yeah so 8 kind of ended up in the middle for me as well where like gameplay wise there were some things i really liked about it because it was just really fresh you know it was super different and it didn't feel like any of the other final fantasies in ways that i thought was good and fresh and fun because it's the eighth fucking one you know so i wanted it to be a little different um but yeah also though it it, you know nothing it wasn't like particularly amazing either kind of ended up in the middle i can see that and then yeah, yeah, yeah. So then lastly, I think we should end with just we'll just talk about this one for tonight. And then ten and ten two can be their whole own thing maybe. You wanna do it as a, uh, as a
0: separate episode?
1: It won't be a whole episode. Okay. Sure, sure. That's fine. That'll just be my portion next time. All right. Quickly, we can talk about Final Fantasy IX, which, like you said earlier, they kind of went back to classic. They moved back away from sci fi, back into the regular old fantasy world. Now, for this, I have
0: zero context. I I don't even think I've ever. I've actually stayed away from seeing gameplay because I told myself I want to play Nine. So, Mm. like, Nine being such a Crazy return to form for them kind of threw me off because the only thing I liked about Final Fantasy at the time was the environments that it was in. Like, that's what attracted me to it. I didn't care for the original fantasy kind of theme. And it seems like they doubled down on that very hard. And what I hear from a lot of people is that Nine is like the Final Fantasy to go to if you want a fan base that is in. Well, I guess I shouldn't say fan base, but if you want a perception that is, like, straight down the middle. Either people love that game, or they fucking hate that game. And from what I understand, most of the hate I've heard comes from the crazy encounter rate on monsters.
1: So, it's not just the encounter rates it's sort of exacerbated by everything else about the encounters in that game in mm. my opinion. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to hear me talk about it really if you're planning on playing it, but uh, I would say, I would it, say sh-
0: let, go for it, yeah.
1: I I kind of love and hate Nine, but I'm much more on the negative side of it. Okay. Um
0: I got to I got to use the bathroom real quick, but I can hear you. Go ahead and shoot, I'm listening. Oh, okay.
1: Sure. I love the characters of nine, like su- super great cast of characters. And, and one thing, um, to, to start off with is I'm also not a big fantasy person, but I think I'm just not a big Western fantasy person. I'm not super into like Lord of the Rings and game of Thrones. kind of fantasy. I do like when I do like Eastern fantasy stuff though. Um, like old final fantasy, uh so so it goes back to that and I think that the cast of characters is super good where like they all um they all are very visually distinct, very personality distinct uh and there's enough of them and they're all quite likable and the way that they interact with each other is really great in ways that I think w- is better than Final Fantasy had ever done before where like oh if you put these two characters together they're going to kind of behave this way for a little bit and that's really fun. And that was the really strong suit of the game. Um, My issue with the game really came down to the fact that they dialed back on doing new crazy stuff and made it back more like older Final Fantasy wasn't as exciting to me because I've already played a bunch of those. And then the other thing, though, was that it's like old Final Fantasy but slowed way back down again. Uh, (laughs) Remember... Remember when I was talking about ATB and I was saying that you're never actually waiting for bars to fill up because instead it's like one guy queues his attack up and while he's moving, another guy gets their turn, they queue it up. Another guy gets their turn, they queue it up, right? Mm-hmm. So there's always something happening. Final Fantasy IX has a battle system where like it's so fucking slow Like, I felt like every animation took forever, and like, just I don't know, like, everything in the game in the battles is super drawn out and takes forever. To where these ATB like queued up turns, I feel like that queue is like 10 turns long sometimes. To where uh, my bar fills up, I pick what my guy does, and he doesn't do that for like 45 seconds because all this other shit has to happen first that's already been queued up to the point where the strategic state of the battle has changed by the time their turn actually happens to where it's not even a good choice anymore you know and like oh it just drove me fucking insane and it made the (laughs) it made the game feel just overall like this huge slog where it's just like, oh so, man. So
0: every encounter is Final Fantasy VII, Knights of the Round.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's like, someone that takes oh, man. ten
0: minutes to finish.
1: Yeah. So it's like the, the the encounter rate is kinda high, but that's never really bugged me in games personally. But That's a good it thing not to bug by.
0: That pissed me the fuck <laughs> off in Final Fantasy V. <laughs>
1: Uh, It does, however, take a very long time to PS1 load into the battle. Oh. And uh, and then the battles just take so fucking long because the the animations are so slow that it, it especially after 8. I was talking about 8, how it's like the characters don't even wait for each other to finish to just start bang, bang, booming out these ATB Mm. turns, you know? After that it's like oh man 9 is was just such a slog. Do you think they did so, that yeah. just
0: because of the of the three games being not as final fantasy as final fantasy is known for being?
1: Yeah, I I I think so that 9 was deliberately very classic. Yeah. Uh but uh did it, did, but yeah, okay, so, so I want to go back to that
0: combat for a second. So mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy 1 2 I mean, let's look all the way up to five. We're we're talking classic turn based fantasy where, you know, this character's got the sword, he's gonna do this, this character's got the magic, he's gonna do this. That's that's not too changed in Final Fantasy Seven, I guess, except in Final Fantasy Seven, VII, eight and nine, you have more or Final Fantasy Seven VII and Eight, you have more that you can do, um in mm-hmm. in terms of just generally like gameplay, what you can do. But is is nine Is nine's combat a lot like the original, or is it like seven? Uh, Yeah,
1: nine is much more like six, where each character is a class, and so they have like a whole sub menu of these are their class abilities that only they have. Yeah, so yeah, much more like six. Um, and yeah, and that part of it's fine, kind of. I guess. I don't know. I I like all the characters. (laughs) Now that you
0: say that, it actually does make a little bit more sense to me because I think about it and it's like, okay, if you think about the technological improvements of how a Final Fantasy game works, from the Super Nintendo to the PS1, massive jump in ability. So I guess from that perspective, I can see where they're like, hey, what if we took all this new tech and now that we know these new development techniques, what if we just kind of made a a, a Final Fantasy game like that, like a real Final Fantasy game? I don't know why I'm, like, ascribing all this motive to them, like, oh, this isn't real Final Fantasy, when it was, like, their biggest cash cow ever that saved the series, but, like, what Mm -hmm. if if we made what we... I I assume that's what they think of as Final Fantasy because that's, like, just... It's fantasy, you know? It's not Mm sci-fi. It's not... It's wizards and, and, and warriors and yada yada.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, right. And I, I I guess the the vision of like what Final Fantasy is definitely depends on who's in charge, right? Because lately, you know, I, I feel like they haven't done one that isn't kinda sci fi in a very long time. Well, I don't know. Fourteen I guess doesn't have the sci fi stuff in it, really. Uh, uh, yeah, well so, it's gonna say I've heard, mind.
0: I haven't played Fourteen, but every single person I know who's played it.
1: Fucking loves it. Says it's it's a, a great game. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you want to play an MMO. MMOs are for yeah. some people and n- not for other people. If you like MMOs, Final Fantasy 14 is is one of the best ones, I think. Um but yeah, so so nine, just because of like how sluggish the combat felt and also how like n- not super appealing uh going back to um the old style was again necessarily you know if it was still ATB and, and all that what was really I, cute I was a
0: 3D v- rendering version of what everyone knew as previously the black mage and oh, uh, totally, the character gets v- the name Vivi now very mm-hmm. cute and like honestly that black mage sprite style transitioned to 3D in a really like cute way like it, it, it's like that's not a human but if you look at it it's familiar and you know who you know it's a it's a person and it's just like yeah there's something just okay in ps the ps1 era cgi graphics like like cutscenes videos just had that i mean we we we'll like joke around and call it like the bowling alley graphics but like that early 3d specifically cutscenes you can just see like the poor animator at his desk looking at a, a PVM messing with Bryce 3D, just making these 3D things happen and animating them. I mean, it's just like, it's so... I, I get that at the time it's revolutionary, but my god, dude, the the pinnacle of 2D sprite gaming was so much better than early 3D, That that yeah. early 3D... Just seems to have like an amplified, magnified aging process to it, to where it just looks considerably worse and worse the more technology improves. <laughs> it's like exponentially yeah, worse. But there's something. It's another so, one, There's something so it, like it, awesome about it that I love now.
1: Yes, it's another one of those things where I can't objectively comment on it because mm. I just love it. You know, yeah. I love the look of old PS of PS one graphics and stuff. Me too um you know i fucking like metal gear solid where the characters don't even have eyes cuz they just ha- only have enough pixels for a few dark spots you know <laughs> i think that looks so awesome and like their mouths don't move they just kind of jitter when they talk and stuff love that shit y- you know uh... speaking of oh so go mm-hmm. ahead, good good I was gonna say that went a good way of future proofing Metal Gear Solid because that's the thing is a lot of PS1 characters did have eyes and did have moving mouths and those graphics aged a lot worse. Worse <laughs> than yeah than the uh, than the Metal Gear Solid like jittering you know no eyes guy yeah because it it it, 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 it leaves more to the imagination.
0: And you know I've never had a problem with um. There, There's just simple things about how video games work where, like, if you understand the technical limitation, which doesn't take a lot of know-how, in my opinion, because when everyone got a PSP, they immediately knew it wasn't going to look like a PS3 in their hands, you know? People know. Just, there's certain things about game development where suspension of disbelief and an immersion to the story are just so much easier... Um, once you understand the limitations of the game, like of course, snake is going to have eyes and mouth, and you know they're going to simulate talking by exaggerated head movements that no one makes, you know mm-hmm. that stuff is so easy to forgive versus just <laughs> like what was that what was that game called uh the fucking Garbage Man or something god lawnmower man. Where you see, like, have you seen the art, like, the the cover of Lawnmower Man? I don't think so. You would probably remember it immediately if you saw it. Um, But the name Lawnmower Man, as you saw, just took me a second to recall. I didn't even think of it on the first try. But you see these early 3D, like, attempts at making, like, 3D-looking images, like, real-looking images, quote-unquote. And they just end up, like, it's... This is where the bowling alley analogy comes in because you know, you know, those like shitty CGI things are being shitty. Whereas, like, I mean, it's exactly as you said, you can forgive things easier if it's just like, oh, he's just, you know, talking. That's he's talking. There's no more to note about it. The, the game's going to progress and we're going to have a good time. It's mm-hmm. not like, what the fuck is that thing? There's a monster as my teammate. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I, I'm a little hard. I I think I'm a little I, I might sound a little too hard on Final Fantasy IX because it's a great game and I think people should play it, right? Uh but but overall it was probably my least favorite of of one through nine. Whoa. That's an uh, honor, actually. Um But it was good. It's it's a great game and people should play it. Okay. So, so you're
0: Okay, I guess is it safe to call you a
1: Final Fantasy fan then, since you've... Oh yeah, I'm okay. a big fan of of the ones that I have played so far.
0: Because the only people I know that object to Final Fantasy tend to be people who are not into RPGs at all, which we can just go ahead and discount that crowd right away, but a lot of other people will be like, well, you know, Dragon Quest is just a thousand times better, or, uh, you know, Sweet Coden, you know, the Konami stuff, like... Fair, I have Sweet Coden 1 through 3 on my PS3, but I never beat them. I played them, mm-hmm. I tried them, I beat Final Fantasy 7, I beat Final Fantasy 10, oh no, not 10, I almost beat Final Fantasy 10. I beat Final Fantasy 5, you know, those actually kept me in long enough. And I, I get what people are saying, like, I, 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 there are things that are definitely different about other JRPGs, like the Tales series has its own kind of charm to it, uh... Even though I'll argue that half of that charm is just taking the, the the menu system of Final Fantasy and putting everything backwards, so you don't know where everything is. But anyway,
1: other other well, series,
0: t- Tales is like action combat. It is, it is. It's definitely different yeah. from how Final Fantasy I, is. But like, I'm like, trying to
1: think of the name of it's got it's got like a specific name: LMBS, Linear Motion Battle System. That's what it's called. All right, I remembered. Go on. Oh, I never knew that I had a distinction.
0: But I, I mean, anyway. I, I don't even remember the plot of what I was going to say was just, I, <laughs> I think, well, no, no, actually what I was going to say was other, other people just say, uh, you know, other series are better, but like, it's just, are you being contrarian or have I just not experienced these games to enough to agree?
1: Yeah. I mean, so I'll tell you, I have not actually played dragon quest. Uh, I plan on it, you know, I plan on it, uh, I, but uh, yeah, the the other like really big old school RPG series that I've played is Shin Megami Tensei. Oh yeah, you're big into those. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I love them both. Uh, and, but they're they're I don't know they're they're very different. I think they're too different to compare. Um, I can see that. Yeah, yeah,
0: Shin Megami Tensei in general is a lot more about, well, and I haven't even played them, but it's a lot. It seems to be a lot more about happenings, um, story. Like I feel like there's a little bit more story focus to it. Yeah. Totally, but that's another subject for a different day. So, Final Fantasy Nine is—I mean, how did the combat play? I, I know nothing about the game. It Was the game? It didn't go to a materia system. It didn't. It didn't have it's, the it's Final just Fantasy like Six. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did say that it was just like six, yeah. where it's kind of just like you have dedicated characters and you go along with them. Yep. So they were. Yeah. Okay. I guess it, my idea was kind of correct then, where it's just you know what if we just took classic final fantasy and made it like this new all the all the shit we learned with these other games
1: yeah yeah like the the kind of new thing that they introduced that six didn't have is the the trance system which is kind of like limit breaks from 7 mm-hmm. but instead of actually doing a limit break it's like the character just enters a trance state where they're super powerful for a little bit you know But because of the ATB system and how fucking long everything takes, they really are only tranced for like one turn. So I don't know. It doesn't really matter. So it's (laughs) kind of like a limit break anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It ends up being just like a limit break. Um, I like the limit break system. Did Six have that? Six did not have limits. No, I, I don't. I'm, I didn't think it did either. But you are right. Yeah. A
0: lot of them were mostly just about dealing damage. Where there would be the off character like Kate Sith, who will have some status afflictions. But I don't know anyone who brought Kate Sith to Endgame.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's really good in the speed run. Um, but oh, actually, I- most people speed run the game with a. a most people speedrun a category that bans Kate Sith. Not Kate Sith entirely, but he has one limit break that can one sh- hit kill anything. Uh mm. and so this the most popular speedrun category um doesn't use that particular move anyway.
0: <laughs> Is it still glitchless, I assume?
1: Uh well, no. There's there there's uh there's some glitches that they use in it like you can skip Cosmo Canyon entirely if you do you can drive right past it if you do the right <laughs> kind of thing. It's like the the setup for it is so complicated though oh, that okay. like yeah, it's it's crazy. Um and there there's some other really weird uh uh little glitches too like um there is a bug that involves uh, using mug as Vincent when he's holding a certain kind of weapon, huh. like uh, so. This is only used in the hundred percent run because otherwise you wouldn't have Vincent. But uh, yeah. y- but you can. It's it's there. I- I'm gonna get the precise details wrong, but the gist of it is you can use Vincent's mug to skip the next attack animation, oh. but it still goes through. <gasps> so you can queue up a knight of the round and do Knights of the Round damage in an instant with the, oh. without the game doing any animation for so it. So
0: that thing I've wanted the entire time I owned Knights of the Round. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, so, okay. Uh, this is kind of a off-subject a little bit, but speedrunning is something... I, I don't know if I... I probably talked about it here before, but speedrunning, the first time I ever saw it was Pokemon because Pokemon was my life as a kid. Um, and some, I just saw a video on. Oh God, it had to be Facebook, I guess, way back in the day. Where it's like this man beat Pokemon in five minutes, and I watched him. I watched that video, and I watched him just no clip through the entire fucking world. And I was just like, that he just went to right to the end, beat beat the game in five minutes. I was like. I hate speedrunning and everything it stands for. This pisses me off. Why did why are people impressed by this? <laughs> I was just mm. mad cuz there was nothing but exploits, but then of course, you know, once I became a Twitch streamer and started getting into some other communities who do speedruns, I I know there's not, you know, there's glitchless runs as well and there's people who do the game how it's like mechanically as best as it can be presented to you and just you know they actually speed run it you know and that's
1: impressive yeah
0: but glitch runs i was i've never got glitch runs other than the fact that you get to say oh i beat this long game in a really short amount of time
1: yeah right like glitch runs definitely have a little bit of a of a place because it's like well if it's the fastest run then there's something to be said about it's the fastest run you know yeah like uh yeah, like, like I, I remember um, when the Demon Souls remake came out, I was watching uh, Distortion Speed run it, and there, there was this new glitch that was found to be able to basically warp to the end of every world, and Demon's Souls has five worlds where there's, like, a linear set of levels that gets to the end, you know? But you could just wrong-warp to the last boss's arena of every world sequentially. And when you did that the boss's AI didn't load in because you didn't come through the fog gate. Oh. So you would just go in there and just beat him to one death shot. and then wrong warp to the next one and beat yeah. him to death. And someone asked him, you know, like what, why are you even doing this? And he's like, to get the fastest completion of demon souls ever because it was brand new, right? It was brand new. This, this, this discussion was found out. So it's like, you know, this isn't going to be a competitive category because everyone's going to get sick of it right away. But right now, for the time being, with this being a brand new discovery, we can beat this game faster than ever. You Listen, know, man, this is, this is something to be said about that.
0: Yeah, but this is QA department work. This isn't like impressive. <laughs> to me. This is something that, hey, I beat your game in five minutes on week one. Okay, mm-hmm. what do we fuck up? patch comes out day 2. All right. Well, sure. now try that, you fucker. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Totally. So for the time being, once or twice, there's a curiosity there. That's like how fast can it go? Okay, I've seen it. Don't want to see it again. All right. You know. So that uh, what
0: you just said, really important. Okay, I've seen it. Don't want to see it again. That's where I am for basically every glitch run. It's just like yeah, I'm just not imp- okay, speedrunning itself. Once I understood that there's like a whole community of speedrunners who do just different kinds of runs, and it's just like, okay, well, without exploiting the game, how fast can you actually that, cuz that to me is that's really how you get there. Okay, I mm-hmm. I guess I'm sounding like a little bit of a a, a little bit of a, a game boomer at this point, but like I just want to see something that impresses me. If you just no clip through the entire game, fight bosses that won't even fight back then i'm just like dude this is impressive to the the developers and then like five sure. people but in my in my perception my head that's that's the impression i get from that it's like this yeah. is ugh, just boring to me it's it, it's not even boring it's actively frustrating because i'm just like how this shouldn't be doable
1: yeah, as a spectator, I, I mostly agree with you that, yeah, those, those runs are generally not super interesting to watch. What you got to remember, though, is that um, part of your issue is that the game seems too easy because they're just breaking it so badly that there's no mm-hmm. skill involved anymore and it's not impressive. Mm-hmm. But remember, they're racing against other people who are also doing that. It's not just about beating the game. It's about beating the other guy. It's about doing this fucked up strategy better than anyone else. You know, <laughs> and so there's something to be said about that. I think it's, it's like just, speed. You know,
0: I think it's just my personality type. Where I think, uh, okay, so I'm the person who found out in <sighs> Warhammer Online: The Age of Reckoning that it was entirely possible... Well, I didn't find this out, but I found out that this is a game where you can play as a tank class, a character typically relegated to a PvE because you need the mobs to be on someone who can take a punch. Um, I found out that PvP tanks were a deal in Warhammer Online because for enemy models, like, like enemies, other players, there is collision detection. So if you wanted to... You could actually hold a bridge as a choke point with two tanks just standing there with tower shields. You could do that. And so I found out very quickly that um, in World of Warcraft and Warhammer Online Age of Reckoning that if you actually went for tank gear and you became unkillable, the most fun you could have is fucking with other people. So <laughs> when I think of like ways to break a game and ways that will be fun that people don't typically think of... I just have no fun if I'm beating an AI that was only programmed to act in a certain way or beating a level that was programmed to be the certain way only because I found a simple little thing and just because other people are doing the same thing. It's just the, it goes back to the fact that I find no satisfaction or interest at all in that that I'm not impressed at all by anyone else doing yeah. it.
1: Well, totally. I mean and and I'm I'm in the same boat most of the time, you know, where like I want I want to watch runs that minimize glitches and I want to if I'm gonna run a game, I'm probably gonna run those categories myself. Yeah. I'm just giving you that perspective though, that like oh, sure. you know, it is it's about the competition. That's why like any game can be fun to speedrun almost. Because, you know, it, it makes it no longer about how challenging the game is, yes. but more about how much better you can be versus other people.
0: And Okay, so, yes, but, like, I didn't get... Okay, so, um, the reason I got into this one streamer I followed was because they're a speedrunner. And they basically showed me, oh, yeah, I, this guy... This, okay, for reference, this guy, sin underscore stream... He uh, played Castlevania, the first game, and he's a speedrunner. That's all he does. So he speeds, he speedruns games. And I was, I was sitting here having the most awful time on Frankenstein's monster, like the third boss of the game. And I watch him, I watch him go in there and just, just not even get hit, and just fucking wiped the fucking floor with the game. Essentially, um, he says yeah, man, this is my relaxation game. I, I speedrun this just to just chill. And I'm just like, what? Because <laughs> yeah. Castlevania, hard game, that's all I know. And then I watched him and I studied him and I was like, oh my God. So speedrunning is much less about like just being a shithead who can exploit glitches and much more like finding ways to play a game that never existed or was intended by the original creators and making a game like a metagame in itself to compete against yes other people but like how do you it's it's less for me about competing against other people for time and way more about you just changed the entire point of the game so you just went through and like not broke the game but used the game in a way that was it was never meant to to get through it better than no one else than no one else can and that to Mm -hmm. me was what was interesting it's like so all right key example all right this level uh has bats in it therefore and, and i have to be on a level up here where i need to be like higher up on the screen in order to progress i have to go forward and then back and then that's how you get to the next part of the screen simon belmont Can get hit, and because there's knockback in Castlevania, depending on how you get hit by that bat, it can send you up and you can land on a platform above you, saving you like a whole minute's worth of time. And I thought that was the old damage boost. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you, in a game where you have a health bar and everything hurts you way too much, getting hurt is never something you want to do until you realize, oh, what if I just change the plot a little bit? What if I Mm -hmm. say, why don't I just go over here, get hit, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how low my health is in this entire level because at this point, I know exactly when and how I'm going to get more health or I'm just going to go to the next level and have more health anyway. So it's like, oh my God, you redefine a video game. You redefine a video game in a way that doesn't ruin it. You don't ruin the story. You're not fucking anything up. You're just playing it in a way that, Gives you way more replay value than was ever thought to have, so that's mm-hmm. cool. That's my little tip. Yeah, yeah, I running.
1: love, I love retro speed running. Yeah. I, I've had a, I've had a little bit of a hankering to get back into it, uh, but you know, I'm not ready to pull the trigger on it yet. <laughs> but we'll see. But all right, so that was our discussion on Final Fantasies one through nine. I guess uh, stay tuned for. I'm gonna talk 10 about 2. ten and ten two next week.
0: I think uh, it, I think I'm just gonna leave it on that because I could talk about a couple games that I've been playing, but I feel like there's enough to talk about with ten and ten two that we may possibly span another episode for eighteen.
1: We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Well, uh, I appreciate you all hanging out. We are uh, we're on. Damn, we, this one went two two hours thirty seven minutes so far. Yeah. Yeah. I figure we might go a little bit long explaining the context of final fantasy we
1: I mean I think with our theme it's of my our show, eternal it's it's my huge struggle with with doing a this podcast, yeah is it's like okay i wanna play i want talk about this game, but I've been building up to this game for three years, and I need to tell you guys the story <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's just like there's with the theme of our show I feel like we 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 nitpicked each game enough,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Alright, well guys, I guess uh, tune in next week when we have our 10 and 10 do discussion, plus other, if that if that happens. Um, you can find me on YouTube, uh, Twitter, everywhere on the fucking internet as Invictus Knox and Mr. Dash Retro can be found on Twitter and Twitch. Um, you're live three days a week, aren't you? Four days a week, usually. Oh, four days. Okay, I do three days a week. So we're both on Twitch. Catch us whenever our schedules say to catch us and uh, give us follows everywhere. See you later, guys. See ya. Peace out. Bye.